Yeah, the complete opposite way. Anyways, okay, we are live. Home team, episode 369. A lot of weird things going on. By the way, I'm curious. Are you watching this on your phone right now? Are you able to watch this on your phone right now? Did your phone have any issues right now? Because I can't make any phone calls. No receive phone calls. I can't text right now, and I haven't been able to do it all morning since 5 a.m. I have to use Wi-Fi, and I'm still on, you know, I guess, I don't know, man. Maybe, you know, AT&T is trying to tell me that. It's constantly. It, this could be an inside job. I am. It could because be, when I, I look know. at the top right of my phone, all I see is sauce. Sauce. SOS. We're everywhere. Yeah, sauce is everywhere. But yeah, we got a lot of crazy stories to get into. Some of them that we haven't tapped into yet, but we will today. We are going to talk about a man named Roland G. Fryer. By the way, you're going to like the values and principles this man has on revealing a study that he shared with his peers. At Harvard, he's a Harvard tenure, and they told him not to release it. It has to do with cops and blacks. And he says, now that you're telling me not to release it, I have to release it. We're going to show you the clip. Some tells me you're going to like this guy, at least the position he took on this specific area. George Soros, fund set to become the largest shareholder in radio giant Odyssey. Uh, We'll talk about that. NVIDIA. Tom, how much money did NVIDIA make after hours? What happened to its stock? Just so everybody knows how big of a deal this this stock is. Uh, they made one Netflix overnight. Can you please tell us what wow. one Netflix overnight means? $255 billion <laughs> oh of va- company God. value created in after-hours trading. Can you imagine that? Well, I mean, we'll get into that, but that's the company overnight while we were sleeping made over $250 billion. $250 okay. billion? Overnight, dollars. while you were asleep, they went up a quarter of a trillion. Wow. But nobody could tell because everybody's phones were down, yeah. basically. But, <laughs> Pat, as we always say, yeah. $250 billion. That's I mean, nothing what is, now. What is that nowadays? You can't even buy soup. During the podcast no soup for at you, 9, <laughs> market opens at 9.30 during the podcast. Trump, we'll uh, Trump-branded properties are selling for far less than buildings <laughs> that removed his name. I just bought three. Insider story. Traders are flirting with the idea that Fed rate hike, you ready? As January meeting minutes loom. By the way, they're literally talking about they may increase the rates now. What? Yes. So you know they were talking about they're going to lower it six times. Mm -hmm. Then they went to four times. Then they went to three times. Now they're saying they may raise the rates because of how weird inflation is and it's not moving. We'll talk about that. No house for me. Got it. Uh, uh, Gig workers on uh, pay-on-delivery apps like Uber Eats and DoorDash fell by 15%, a lot of these guys are sitting there saying, what the hell is going on? People are not ordering as much as before because Broke. when you raise the minimum wage, man, people cannot order. They decide to eat things in a separate way. By the way, you have to know the responsible thing to do for those of you guys that want to find uh, a way for us to make voting more clear. Okay, The best example <laughs> of an organization that is teaching the government why it's so important to show your ID when you vote 
is a noble company called Tinder. Yeah. Really? Because moving forward, you'll need a driver's license or a passport <laughs> to swipe right and get a check mark on Tinder. So they're racist. They're racist. They're racist? Most racist organization out there. Catfishing is, should be illegal. It, it is what it is. By the way, crazy news for some of y'all. Michelle Obama favorite to replace Joe Biden if he drops that. This is a Newsweek story. Oh, weird. Exactly. And she, her ratings have been going up. Only 16% of Americans think Biden has helped the middle class, but he has a $130 million war chest. And Biden laughs off when asked about Gavin Newsom being Democrats. Plan B in 2024. He thought it was funny. We got a few things to say about Nikki Haley because Nikki Haley has just been very weird lately, but uh, nobody knows what she's doing. It is what it is. Trump had an interview with Laura Ingram. Maybe we'll cover a couple of things when asked about VPs. Uh, Putin's network rivals Elon Musk, and Adam's got some things he wants to say about that. You guys know how much Adam and uh, Vinny love this conversation with Putin, Hillary well, Clinton. Well, one of us loves Putin. And, yeah. Yeah. Us. and the other guy thinks Hillary Clinton is a, a sweet angel that goes to church on One Sunday. of us New never York, said that, dude. New York <laughs> Village. He didn't say that. New York Village losing its soul as nation's <laughs> oldest gun manufacturer flees <laughs> blue state for Georgia. Okay, we talked in video already. We talked Musk already. Capital One, by the way, for those of you guys that have Discover cards, okay? I was asking somebody the other day, who the hell has a Discover card? Well, guess what? Capital One thinks people have Discover cards, and they just bought Discover card financial for $35 billion. We'll cover that. Magnificent Seven profits now exceeds almost every country in the world. Think wow. about that. Seven companies profits more than any other company in the world. And by the way, Pelosi whispered something. It looks like they're going back to their fear porn. And, and tell me if you've heard this before. Ready? Pelosi suggests Putin has financial influence over Trump. And there's some Russian collusion going on. Oh, my God. question is, will people believe it the second time around instead of the first time around? Argentina sees first monthly budget surplus in 12 years. Trump asked about different VPs. Will he choose DeSantis, Ramaswamy, Noam, Gabbard, or others? Gabbard. You know, we'll give the end. Tulsi, <laughs> Tulsi Kareem, Abdul, Gabbard. <laughs> Well, first of all, the, 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 the Gabbard last name, Gabbard last Gabbard. name. Gabbard. I like Gabbard. I think actually Gabbard better. sounds like a billionaire's Gabbard. last name. Gabbard. So like who are we interviewing today? Tal, the great billionaire, Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah. Oh, wow. Very, wow. Not Gabbard. It's like Gabbard. It doesn't sound <laughs> Tulsi hard. Gabbard. Call yeah. Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi. Both ways. We love your last name. We love you. Your I last love her. Okay. Mm-hmm. Team forfeits after girls basketball player. Allegedly hurt and play with male who identifies as female. By the way, we have the video. You have to see this guy gets a rebound. He's got like a beard going on. He moves his elbow, drops a girl, and the coach on the other side said, we have to stop We're done. done. This is not even funny yeah. anymore. The fact that they're allowing this to happen. Do you know I would average 100 points a game if I played female basketball? Pat, if I I'd a, be the GOAT. And if I was a father in the audience, in the stands, I'm beating it. I'm jumping yeah. on the imagine? court. Well, <laughs> imagine Pat, second. Can, we'll get to it. 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 We'll Married religious, listen to this, folks, especially single men in their 40s. Listen, married religious upper income adults most satisfied with personal lives. What a shitty story. Honestly, this guy's full of shit. Move on. Move on. Hey, but, but you know what? The next story is the real story. Yeah. Ready? Porn for spiritual growth. Okay. Amen. I can't even say the word. Porn for <laughs> spiritual growth. Nuns detail abuse by renowned priests. Now that's nuns. A, nuns. Nuns. Nuns like from a Catholic. So the, the mm-hmm. priest encouraged watching porn for spiritual growth. 
Can you imagine? Like, that guy's got to go sell something. He's a great He's, salesperson if he's going to be able yeah. to sell things like this. All right, so uh, before we get started, last week we announced uh, uh, two uh, – I think we announced what? Chris Como and, and – um, Candace Owens, the, the, baby. The, the Candace Owens podcast, March 8th, live, three hours, 9 to 12, first time together. We're excited about it. They're both excited about it. We'll be making some announcements that day as well. VIP tickets sold out. Premier tickets sold out. General tickets, we only have five left. Okay. Oh, my God. If you want to pick it up, go ahead and do the QR code thing. You know where to go from five here. Left, total five only in left. Five only left. By the way, the event's not in two weeks, but it's about to sell out. And every time I tell them, VIP is going to sell out. Mm-hmm. Don't sit on it. Boom, sells out, and it's done. But here's some good news for you. We announced this on Tuesday, and I'm going to announce again for the rest of the weekend. Vinny, can you please can show I, the shit I, you got? That, thank you so much because I was going to say, I'm, by the way, normally I'm wearing a uh, jacket, you know, yeah. tie. How sick or is this Or your groovy vest. Look at how sick. Vinny, no one see, hears you. sick. They can see that. Okay. No, oh, they can that see that. That's sick. And this is on, this is on uh, VTMerch.com. Yes. Right, guys, this shirt, I'm like... How ridiculous is that shirt? By the way, let me tell you. He doesn't even have And it's super no, soft. No, I don't even have one. I'm she telling you, I just talk. One. I can't wait to get it myself. It's super soft combed cotton, Touch by it. the way. Yes. It's, Thank you. But, but, and, and FYI, for some of you that I don't know, if you're planning on going to the UFC Miami this year, it's going to happen next uh, uh, March what, 8th, I believe. I think it it's the same exact weekend yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, same, for same those of you guys Candace. that are planning on getting it and you want to be seen in the audience Let's and you, do you don't wear the gear, future looks pride, we may go deep with 30, 40 of us from yes. the Vitamin crew. So... Anybody that places an order, $100 or more, hats, it's got to be only the Future Looks Bright gear because we want a million people wearing this gear worldwide. <laughs> a man placed an order for 1,000 Future Looks Bright shirts, Sick. businessman, because he supports the cause and where we're going, and he wants to give it away to everybody around That's him. That's awesome. Yeah, literally, this happened uh, uh, this week. So it, it, uh, anybody that places an order, Rob, next Tuesday, we'll announce that we're giving two VIP passes to the Candace Owens, Chris Cuomo podcast right. we're doing, and we'll give you a private tour. Maybe we'll bring you to the podcast set. Sick. Bunch of other things. And you'll sit on the side with the staff to get a perfect view of that taking place. All right, link below. Go ahead and place your order. Love we'll it. See you guys and that's going to sell out today. It's five, you're saying five tickets? It's going to sell out in the next but 10 I, minutes. I, just, I, we're talking about I, bet, I bet you this shirt's going to go fast, too, though. Just FYI. Yeah. That shirt right. is sick. Those five tickets may be gone while we were talking. Yeah. Right so, okay, let's, so let's go through all these other th- stories that we got going on. I'm trying to see which story to go through. You know what? Why don't we go through this uh, San Francisco story that we nice. missed out on? So, Rob, if you can show this, please. Non-citizen Chinese immigrant is sworn in on San Francisco's election commission. Okay? I mean, it's pretty weird. A Chinese immigrant has been sworn in to serve as a San Francisco election commission despite her lack of U.S. citizenship, <gasps> raising national security concerns as one U.S. senator warns that Chinese President Xi Jinping is playing the long game, long game Kelly Wong. An immigration rights activist who came in the U.S. in 2019 from Hong Kong for graduate studies was unanimously appointed by San Francisco's Board of Supervisory to the city's election commission on February 14th. She's believed to be the first non-citizen ever to sit on the commission after Carolina voters, California voters, approved a measure in 2020 to measure the citizenship requirements. Eliminate, I'm sorry, eliminate the citizenship requirements to sit on San Francisco boards. This is in 2020. That's called double dumb. In her new position, <laughs> Wong, who cannot legally vote, is one of seven people who will oversee the impl- and implement policy for Department of Elections. She will oversee voter registrations. Oh, is it, it like, are you I, voted, a, but, <laughs> vote by mail ballots, voting locations, and election observations? This is not a fake story. This, this is a story no. written by the oldest newspaper in America, New York Post. Rob, oh. can you please play the clip? Please play the clip. Well, you're going to think this is CCP TV. Look, go. 
咁就其實喺誒兩年前我嚟到三藩市嘅時候咧，咁我就認識咗好多原來三藩市有好多嘅誒權利嘅喎，好多權利係好多三誒嗰個非公民啊，移民咧都可以享有嘅，包括咧，就算你公民咧都可以咧去做埋去誒影響政策嘅。好多時其實我哋玩咗啦。Oh my, like, is this like, okay? I read this. I had to read the story twice, and when I saw that with subtitles, Rob made a good point. Why is there? Man, there's there's Chinese subtitles. She's speaking like if you're understanding. Anyway,、uh, let's just guys, let's let's really really stop and think about what we're doing. She's not an American citizen. Okay, she moved here in 2019. She hasn't been here that long. Okay, I apparently she can't speak English, but why would she? You know what I mean? Why would you when you have no loyalty <clears throat> to this country? And mind you, when people are like, this is San Francisco's rules, right? The the Federal Election Commission (FEC) rules. Bans foreigners from taking part in electoral process at local, state, and federal levels. But this is San Francisco. You know, what I mean, they, you know, they're too busy picking up crap off the streets, human crap. Uh, uh, but here, here's the thing. By the way, you know how dangerous this is. I'm shocked. I hope somebody in the Supreme Court, court, they challenge this because this is what she said in her LinkedIn. I have devoted my career to championing immigrant rights. And equity and inclusion, and as we guys, equity is a new name for socialism. Some would say communism, where the government controls the economy to ensure everyone has the same outcomes. And diversity and inclusion are used to appoint political leaders and to silence or eliminate those who disagree. And Pat, you know what the the biggest thing that popped out to me with this story was、mm. China. Okay, proving, <clears throat> excuse me, once again. That it owns Biden's ass, and it can do whatever it wants to our country and get away with it. And here's here's my list. Okay, first, it unleashed COVID in 2020 that killed millions、uh, and zero accountability. It flew spy balloons all over the country. Remember last year、uh, over our nuclear bases, zero consequences. It's bought over 400,000 acres. Of our land in the United States, farmland and some next to our military bases. Nobody cares. We let tens of thousands of Chinese immigrants into the country. God knows what they're really here for. We just had the the, the、uh, power outage. All the、uh, internet.、Uh, sorry, the cells yesterday could be a, a attack. Could be a test run. We don't know. And what a coincidence! All this happens, Tom, three months after Xi Jinping came with Gavin Newsom. He was kissing his ass. They kicked all the homeless people out. They gave him the red carpet. Now one of his people. By the way, we don't know who the hell she is. She could be working for the CCP, and now she's going to be in charge of putting people in, with the elections in San Francisco. Do you, do you, if this is going to keep going, this is just a test run. She's the first one. Imagine when it starts happening in, in other places in Cali. Imagine when it starts happening in New York, Chicago. How many months ago was she in San Francisco? Three, two months, two, ago, three, three months. months ago,、yeah. Can you check to see、End、when she was in San Francisco? Do you think? It was right after Gavin. Oh, you don't, you don't, you don't, those, you don't、uh, think he told、Chinese、Gavin, "Hey, Gavin, basketball court. Get, get this is the girl. I want her in." Hundred percent. You're saying what are the chances that she has influence over the San Francisco Board of Elections? Well, well, Adam, if you think about, bro, let, let's just really, guys, let's break it down simple. Three months. She's、ago. not an American、yeah. citizen. She's not. She can't legally vote. She's gonna have influence on American that, voting. That is that that there's what are you? There's no way that makes sense on any. But, Piece of paper, so, Tom. Just、oh. so, correct, correct, correct. And I'm not going to just restate what you guys say. I'm going to put a perspective on here so people、what? understand. The voters voted for this to change、mm-hmm. the laws for people that can be on San Francisco boards, not 
And then Vinny's correctly quoting that the um, FEC. FEC, Federal Electric Commission, has laws and statutes governing the federal elections at the federal level. So the voters. Now, how does this happen? Well, before we move from California, Pat and I lived there when a proposition was put on the ballot. Remember, I think some of the greatest marketers in the world are the people that put propositions on the ballot. Let me explain. There's a proposition that went on the ballot in California that was aimed at basically people 18 to 30 years old talking about reducing or eliminating tuition for community colleges. And this would be like Pierce College that was in the middle of the valley that was very important for people who didn't go to a four-year college to go get some education. Well, they, they did that. But what it really did was permanently increase the income tax in the state of California. They could never get the proposition through to do that. So what do they call it? They call it the Free College Tuition or College Tuition Relief Act, and they aim it at the young voters. You saw it this week in Washington where we called it the border bill, but it was money for Ukraine. And that's what happened here. The California voters, if they were asked to look back at what they voted for, would be having this collective WTF moment. At least 41% of California voters, because yeah. we know they lane, would have a WTF moment because they voted for this and they just didn't know what was in the turkey. Oh, when they unstuck God. the turkey, that's what's in it. So you guys are correct about the laws and everything, but this is how this is how propositions are mislabeled to deceive the voters. It happened on tax, and now it's happened. But, but, here. But now, Tom, in the aftermath, as of right now, those same people as San Franciscans or, or whatever the heck they call them. I like that. Siskins. San Francisco. Can't they right now, guys? Adam. Saint Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah. You know, so, so, Adam, Adam, so my question is, can't they now? Can't those same citizens? I know that they they said yes to it. Can't they right now go, yo, 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 time out. No way. Can't they say no, Tom, and be like, no, get this, either take it to the Supreme Court or something? She, she, this is unbelievable. Well, yeah, propositions can be nullified by a subsequent Well, I think it's a better question to ask in the following way, okay? So if you're listening to this, you may say, what's the big deal, okay? Mm -hmm. We're a country that welcomes immigrants and et cetera, et cetera. Great, no problem. Uh, What if somebody was to say an Asian woman who has been here since 2019, okay, is a non-U.S. citizen, is officially in charge of elections to U.S., not necessarily a city mm-hmm. or a state. What if she is officially in charge of what's going to happen with, you know, uh, uh, what was the uh, voting ballot, what, what, what's going to happen with all the other mail-in ballots, oh, the, voting the locations, board. voter registration? Would you be okay with that? That's really what you have to ask yourself. <laughs> If you say, hell no, then neither should that be accepted in a city as big as San Francisco. Oh my God. So it, it starts like, you know who loves this? You know who loves this? She is sitting there saying, He's oh, laughing. we're getting in. Look at these clowns. And they're both, him and Putin are sitting there saying, oh, Trump would be a lot easier to deal with than Biden. <clears throat> they're, they're, they're playing with America, and America's falling for its trap. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I have a lot well, of friends this- in California, and yeah, I'll tell you, you know, when you when you vote like this and you don't pay attention to what's on the proposition, you know that that phrase "useful idiots" comes back, and I don't want to be hypercritical or get people 
throwing rocks at me, but if you're not paying attention to what's in this proposition, you're voting for it, and this is what you get. You get what you vote for. Mm. Well, look, on the surface, uh, this seems like DEI on steroids. Yeah. Right? So this this isn't someone that's lived here her whole life. This isn't some anchor baby situation that their parents brought them over in the 80s, and they're one of the dreamers, and they're, you know, been here, and they went to elementary school here, and they grew up here, and they're part of the American culture. This person's been here uh, four years. Le- yeah, I, four years. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, happy four-year anniversary um, to you. Um, but there seems to be a common theme here of prioritizing others over Americans. It, we've seen it in New York. We've seen, you know, we've seen what's happening at the border. We're seeing this open borders policy. You know, the, new, the story that came out. 53 million, I think I said billion uh, last show, so let me correct myself. It's 53 million of what they've... Uh, for New York. For New York uh, yeah. migrants. $10,000 per... per yeah, yeah. $10,000 on a debit card. So, like, I completely understand the frustration with the average American citizen who's like, come on, man. Yeah. I'm fighting inflation over here. I'm trying to buy a house over here. I'm struggling with college loans. I'm struggling with debt. What the hell is going on here in America? Mm-hmm. And it seems like we're prioritizing others over Americans. At the same time, I'll say this. It's important that we don't villainize others. You know, at the same time, we can, we can look at immigration, legal immigration, and say, we all came from other countries. Like, you came from Iran. My mom and dad you came, came from... Yeah. from New York. No one's villainizing. No one in the right mind is going to say we're villainizing. When it comes down to election, like imagine if we're competing in a marketplace and all of a sudden I start uh, having the people that calculate your performance on your YouTube channel or performance for BDC or performance for whatever we're doing at Valuetainment. What imagine all of a sudden the person that's able to measure your performance is somebody that works for CNN. That's what we do. That's what it is. What if moving forward, like, listen, guys, we're going to measure a uh, uh, bonus, and the person we nominated to me- uh, calculate all your bonuses is an employee from CNN. Sure. You know what people would say? Uh, no, I'm not okay with that. <laughs> nope. I don't want that. Per- That's exactly what this is. An enemy who is not a U.S. citizen is in charge of election. You can mm-hmm. stay in San Francisco, have a great life, go for it. But to have that kind of influence, that's the problem. By the way, we're talking about New York City stuff. I want to show you this Asian lady from New York. Watch what she says here, okay? She's being interviewed, regular man-on-the-street type of an interview. Look what she says. Go ahead and play this clip. This was a week ago. If they were legal, they need to pay taxes. What do you think is going to happen with the migrant crisis here in New York City? Uh, it's getting bad because they're also next to my house, and they piss on my door. I could tell that they're gang lords. I mean, they're tattooed up to head to toe. Yeah. The people pissing on my door, they're tattooed up head to toe. And they're not, there's no law against illegal mi- migrants committing crimes. So, again, it's lawlessness, non-payment of taxes, siphoning all our money to their native countries, and it's just killing our economy. Mm-hmm. Eric Adams just said he's going to give 4,000 migrants jobs. That means 4,000 civilians have less jobs. That's common it's sense. It's not fair I mean, to Americans. Right. L- it's getting scary. Going. Right now, you know, people in the Bronx are getting attacked. People Upper East wow. Side, two of them just got attacked. And it's illegal to buy mace. It's illegal to protect yourself. They're not legal. The, 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 the beauty with this is... She's Asian. 
Oh, she's Asian, right? So she's t she's speaking truth to power. But you could tell she's in New York. I've never seen an Asian that's like, "What the fuck is going on over here?" <laughs> <laughs> I come to pissing on my door over here. It's like this Asian lady over here. Yeah, so but, but part the of the point is, let's get past set the aside the joke. What I'm saying her. is, I'm sh I'm showing this for a real. It's look. true. Yeah. So the point I, I empathize with right, exactly what, what I'm she saying said. to you is, this is a woman. That obviously is doing her thing, paying her taxes, regular person that's dealing with the issues that New York is, uh, uh, you know, <clears throat> going through right now. And she's expressing her frustration. So if somebody wants to come here as an immigrant and go do your thing, go for it. But you want to get somebody that's only been here for five years to start measuring and counting and voter ballot and all that stuff in San Francisco. You're ludicrous if you think that's mm -hmm. okay for that to as happen. If, I'm not if, okay with that. As if we needed another yeah. problem with our voting. Well, let's talk about <laughs> the uh, cell phone outages. And before we do that, I want you to go to our sponsors first. Here's American Heart for Gold. Go for it. So, look, I've been in the financial industry since 9-11, the day before 9-11. And I've owned stocks, bonds, mutual funds, real estate, crypto, gold, you name it, I've owned it. But the one thing that's very important part of my portfolio all these years is gold. I love having a percentage of my net worth in gold that I have access to in case of many different things. That's why we chose to work with our new sponsor, American Hartford Gold. If you have retirement funds that you cannot afford to lose, American Hartford Gold will ship physical gold or silver directly to your door. Also, if you have retirement funds that you can't afford to lose, now is the time to call American Hartford Gold, a precious metal dealer you can trust. They have the finest products, amazing customer service, and a buyback commitment. They've earned a five-star rating from thousands of reviews and an A-plus from the Better Business Bureau. Tell them I sent you, and they'll send you up to $5,000 worth of free silver on your first order. So click on the link in the description or call 866-939-6984. Again, 866-939-6984. We go. AT&T, T-Mobile, and Verizon users hit by massive cellular outage in the U.S. New York Post story, a major cell phone outage affected users Across the U.S. early Tuesday, including myself, my phone still doesn't work. I can't text. I can't call. I can't receive calls. I'm on SOS right now. I don't know if you are or not. I know all these guys, their phones are working. Mm -hmm. Mine's not. The only thing I can use is, uh, what do you call it, Wi-Fi. And AT&T seemed to be, have experienced the large, uh, largest number of issues with nearly 32,000 reports at 4.30 in the morning. More than 800 service outages also at T-Mobile and Verizon. The problem extended from New York, Boston, and Atlanta on the East Coast to Houston, Dallas, uh, L.A., Seattle, San Francisco, and even Montreal to Canada. A spokesperson for Verizon, however, told the Post its network is operating as normal, and the issues seem to arise when customers try to call or text those using another telecommunication company. AT&T is literally one of the most expensive phone companies, and y'all have the audacity to have a service outage for hours with zero updates being given to your customer, one customer wrote, on X. So, mm -hmm. your phones are working, right? My, phone, yeah. my phone's working. Okay. Well, here's... My, go ahead. Well, Rob, I just sent you the article. This is a shout-out to Brandon for sending this from Zero Hedge. Uh, cell service outages reported across U.S. The website down detector... Yeah, you can pull that up right there. Has detected a surge in outage reports from users of AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, Consumer Cellular, Boost Mobile, U.S. Cellular, and Straight Talk. Outage reports that carriers began around 3.45 Eastern when Tom woke up and, and yeah. texted us at What's the difference the between what you're reading and what I just read? No, nothing. But basically, I'm, I'm, there's maps on here that show. Oh, show the map. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm showing. Oh, yeah. Are they major cities? <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, so zoom in a little bit. All East yeah, Coast, basically. So, by the way, if you're listening to this, who's affected by it? I'm curious. But Rob, can you run a quick poll? Mm -hmm. Run a it quick poll. It looks like Atlanta, North Carolina. Right in the middle. 
So, Tom, what are your thoughts on this year? Well, I, we had some phone calls we had to make with a, um, uh, an ill relative across the U.S., at, and it was about 3.30. And then this was like a switch, like a switch got flipped. All of a sudden, our phones go to SOS. Kim and I are trying to call. And so I immediately start going onto Twitter, and I'm seeing more cities than this. I'm seeing people saying, I'm in the city, I'm in the city, I'm in the city. And it seemed to be AT&T first. And this is just me doing research, Pat, on Twitter, watching the live tweets come in, people saying, well, I said, so I'm completely off there. I'm in Greensboro. I'm completely up there. I'm in New York, New Jersey. Mm. It's and and then somebody uses the word, my gosh, I think it's nationwide because we saw a Denver, Portland, Seattle, and we were looking at it. And so one of two things has happened here. We didn't lose internet because I was used, I was able to use Wi-Fi. Everybody across the USA was saying, hey, we got Wi-Fi. So get, guess what that means? That means the backbone Wi-Fi was still working and we didn't have power outage. So what is it? It's either control systems or cell tower software. Hmm. So somewhere there was a failure or an attack. Oh, and it was not related to a power outage. (gasps) Nope. And it was not related to an Internet, a backhaul outage, because Internet will have outage, too, like a backhaul. And the Internet is actually used to connect Mm -hmm. cell towers, sometimes fiber optics from tower to tower. So the whole network works. So my take on this, it appeared to be nationwide, and it sure seems like it's like a control software or cell tower software because we had power and internet coast to coast. Well, Vidi, I'm sure you'll bring up the movie. Uh, we'll leave the world saw. behind yeah, by I, the Obamas. That, but yeah, here's a story that was actually a couple of days ago that we didn't get to cover on Tuesday. But Christopher Ray, who is the head of the FBI, yeah. came out and basically f- warned us about a Chinese cyber attack. <laughs> Thank you. So it's kind of like, all right, we just talked about what's going on in San Francisco right here. FBI director says China cyber attacks on U.S. infrastructure are now at what? Unprecedented scale. I'll just read it real quick. Um, stating efforts to covertly plant offensive malware inside U.S. critical infrastructure networks is now at a scale greater than we've ever seen before with concerns over the Volt Typhoon hacking network poised for potential disruption. He goes on to say that inserting offensive weapons within our critical critical infrastructure is poised to attack whenever Beijing decides that the time is right. So the the, the head of the FBI is Mm. warning us that China is trying to destroy us. Meanwhile... They can do whatever the hell they want to this country. They just let one of their own run the elections in freaking San Francisco. I This is what my opinion is, that this is an EMP dry run. Okay, Tom, I've been saying this for a long time. I predict there's going to be an attack in the near future. You, and by the way, you see where the, the majority of those outages are? Right where Texas is moving up into the into the uh, middle of America, okay, Uh the inf- our infrastructure, me and Brandon have been talking about this, Patrick. I don't think you guys understand how vulnerable mm. and weak that is. Look at what's happening right now just with the cell phone thing. And I've said this before. Have you ever stopped at a four-way intersection and the light's not working? It's just flashing. Chaos. It's, pa- it's chaos. <laughs> chaos. People are out of their cars fighting. Could you You're ima- doing this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, everybody come in. Could you imagine for one moment everything just shuts mm-hmm. off? Okay, and I'm telling you, if the FBI, Christopher Ray is out there, Pat, going, oh, this is damn it, then why the hell don't you go next door, talk to Mallorcas, that rat, and say you're letting them in the borders wide open. So this is a BS, hey, th- th- this is predictive programming, just like the Obamas did in the movie Leave the World Behind. They have to show you what they're going to do before they do. 
this was a test run, and you nailed it, Tom. This wasn't a, a Wi-Fi power outage. No, this was an I, – I guarantee you this is going to be an attack. We're gonna find, that's why they're not saying anything. Hey, look, as a normal course of doing business, you do, um, you do penetration tests. We did penetration tests on the bamboo system that was at PHP. We want to yep. make sure it's secure, that our agents' uh, data is secure, and more importantly, the – People that have insurance policies with tons of personal information is secure. Sarah Brin does, you pay them to try to attack your software, to try to do it. And what they've said, and I also know two executives at Sentinel One and one at CrowdStrike. These are all cybersecurity. And they always say there will be a moderate attack when they try to do it, or they will do like, um, uh, you know, financial criminals will test new types of emails and things to see if they can get a few consumers. And then there will be like 25 million of those emails that flood the, a week later. So there's always a little test ahead of the big attack. And so if you believe that this was a little test ahead of a big attack, there's a bunch of executives at these cyber uh, security companies that would agree with you and are basically trying to warn people. And I know they're trying to sell services because they're this customers. Is, this is one question. But I they're got. right. I got one question for you. Okay. So <clears throat> yesterday I'm talking to Tiffany Justice about how AI could completely disrupt the educational system and how we can take a million kids out of school and have the NEA, the largest union in America, which is the Teachers Association, 3.2 million members, give or take, that have a chokehold on all our parents and kids. But AI is disrupting, could disrupt the educational system, and we're working and having some interesting conversation afterwards. So what, uh, what makes us think with advanced technology, cyber attack, AI, whatever may be, can somebody, how many cell phones would need to be down on election day for oh, me to impact the I election? I love that. You how many? I'm curious. Tom, one more time. How many cell phones would need to be down or maybe even a certain area where Internet's not working in certain zip codes? How many wow, zip question. codes would I need to destroy the Internet for 24 hours? To affect the election. I think you only need 8 to, 8 to 11% of total cell phones, and you need to hit the counties that are the swing counties. Give me a zip code. How many the, zip codes? I, I don't know. I, I would probably bet there's probably 40. You know what I'm thinking. Of course. There's probably 40 zip codes, like in the swing areas of Pennsylvania, the swing areas of Ohio, the swing areas of uh, Wisconsin, uh, and certain parts. Florida is kind of swing. Certain parts of Florida. You probably have 40 zip codes where if you could impact those areas, you could prevent or influence the swing of those swing states. Do you think that and the, there's the whole election. Do you think that that technology today exists by professional hackers, countries, China, Russia, or even, you know, some folks even internally here who are afraid of Trump taking over? Do you think they, that technology exists for them to shut down certain zip codes for 24 hours? Uh, yes, I do. And I think those countries would be secretly referring to it as a weapon system. Perfect. So if you do believe that that exists, guess what, folks? You have the right to be paranoid. That's it. You have the right to sit there and say, what was this all about here? Wait a minute. This is kind of weird. What are you guys doing here right now with the phones? This was a weird thing that took place, and maybe they're getting you to get used to it because maybe whatever the first Tuesday of November is, who knows? If now, now here's my other question for you. Here's my other question for you. I actually want you to go there, okay? okay. And I want you to process this with me. Visualize this, Adam. I want your thoughts on this as yep. well, okay? Say we go there. What, what does Tuesday fall on, Rob? What's the first Tuesday of November fall on? Say we go there, okay, and it's election day. 
We're doing a live podcast all day that day. We're going to be on from morning till 4 o'clock in the morning, just so you know. And we're going to sell tickets for that day. Right. People are going to be at, at our place. What day does it fall on, Rob? November what? Tuesday, November 5th. Okay, Tuesday, November 5th it is. Okay. On that day, if, if towers went down in certain zip codes, if internet goes out in certain zip codes, if middle of the night we get a report that Michelle Obama won, or Newsom won, or Biden won, if all of those events happen simultaneously, and then mainstream media gets out, MSNBC, CNN, CBS, ABC gets out and say, there's a lot of people that are speculating that because of cell phone towers being down and internet being down in certain zip codes, that this was a, that is a total conspiracy, another conspiracy from the right wing MAGA voters that are doing this. This was a one election America. What they said is they do not want another four years with Donald Trump. They want a peaceful last four years and watch what's happened with the economy. If that were to happen, January 6th, they were worried about people going to, you know, and, and what do they call it? Insurrection or whatever they call it. Yeah. What do you think would actually happen if all of those events happened on November 5th and they announced that Biden, Michelle or Newsom won? If, if remember, this is not about if Michelle Obama, Newsom or Biden won, but there's nothing with cyber attack. There's nothing with phones. There's nothing with Internet. I'm saying if those two events happened, Coincidentally, simultaneously, what would happen to America? You're, you're saying something very interesting because statistically speaking, there are more mail-ins and ballot harvesting that happen for Democrat voters and Republican voters. More Republican voters are same-day voters or day-of-election <laughs> voters, far more than versus Democrats. So you're talking about something that would disproportionately impact the older Republican voters who are voting in person. And I think that you would have a January 6th at several state houses as the voters would be righteously feel like we got ripped off in Wisconsin. Vinny, what would happen? I well I, personally, I would take to the streets. Me personally, as your friend, I'd all, I'm telling you guys right now because I, 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 it would be enough is enough. Like at, at what point? Because I keep saying it, are, would the people get involved? And I think January 6 was such a setup that they made that they made everybody, they pushed everybody into it. So now the, to stoke fear in the people because there's people doing 20 years that didn't even show up. That's letting everybody know, don't you dare. No matter what the hell happens, don't you dare go to the White House. Don't you? I mean, don't you dare go to Congress. Don't you dare go to Washington. They want everybody to stay away from Washington. What I would hope, what I what I think would happen, I think there'd be a lot of us, but I don't think there'd be enough because the other side would would play the whole. Oh, you guys are. Come on, we 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 had a power outage, you know, on this month. You guys are conspiracy theorists, but I would hope. My hope is that the majority of people would say, no, 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 enough is enough. There's no writing on the wall. They're doing it in front of your face, and I'd hope that people take to the streets. Because I would tell you, I would get up, Pat, I'm not even joking, and I'd be like, I'm going to go on the streets. We have to, we have to fight. That, that's when you have to fight, or else we're going to lose it all, period. You so, got okay, it. Okay, so, but, but I'm, not, I'm not trying to say what you're going to do. I want to know, what do you think will happen with America if that were to take place? Yeah, well, you know, there's this whole conversation of how close is America to a civil war, you know, this whole it's, this, this situation. I think, you know, if something like that happened, uh, January 6th would look like uh, kids in a playground. Uh, just I like agree. It looked like a I JB think so, game. too. I agree. It'd be very scary. We saw what happened during COVID. People, um, uh, it's the first time it's ever happened in 100 years, some sort of you know, world pandemic like that, people didn't know what to do. And then people started wising up and being like, hold on, what? 
you know, and it, and it happened at different parts for people. So in order for me to keep my job, I have to get vaxxed. So I could walk in the gym. I have to have a mask on to walk in the gym. I can go in the gym. I could work out, sweat, breathe, and then I have to put the mask on to leave the gym. So something's not adding up here. I think people are going to just would be completely bananas and take to the streets and we'll see what would happens. You, well, question to you, though. Would you, would you support them? Because, Adam, you yourself would be like, okay, this is def- beyond fishy. We know exactly what they're doing. Who knows who helped them? China probably was involved with all these people coming in. Because think about it. The last time Trump was about to win again, Trump held China accountable for trade. Trump- I don't think this is about support. No. I think, I think this is about... Uh, uh, this is about you're at a bar, okay? Yep. And a guy, first time, disrespects your wife in front of you. You tell him, hey, bro, don't do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's my wife, okay? You walk away and you come back next week. He does it again, okay? And he disrespects your wife even worse, okay? Now you go up to him and let's just say you get in his face and you have to be separated, okay? A week later, you go back, and he bumps into your wife and slaps her butt. Oh, God. Okay? I know I'm giving you yeah, weird yeah, yeah, metaphors. Yeah, no, it's all good. Guess what you're doing at this time? I'm, you're dropping. You know, you, know well, you know what happened? R- total reasoning is gone. The ability to reason in that moment is gone. My concern is the following. Here's my concern. If the, if the left and the establishment, I want to put to- those two in the same category because it's not just the liberals. It's the establishment and the left who fears this guy coming in. Because remember, while they're taking $354 million from this guy, while they're taking $83.3 million from this guy, while every single day he doesn't pay the money back, it's $86,000 in interest on a daily basis. While they want to, you know, this guy wants to go get a bill, which they're not going to give him 10%. It's going to be so expensive for him with inflation and all this stuff. Interest, not inflation, interest and all this stuff because they can't stand the guy. While this is going on, the Epstein list has been very quiet, okay? There's a lot of other weird things that's going on that no one's talking about. The Biden uh, uh, brother comes out and says, I've never had any dealings with Hunter. We've had nothing. He's like, no, no, we have proof of it. Oh, I forgot. I never knew I made that phone call. No, you, you do. You're right here. We have it here. I totally forgot. Did I call him? I don't know I called him. You did call him. While all of this stuff is going on, I think the, the people are, if they try to push it this much as a bully, if they try to go this far, I think I think they're going to cause something very nasty in America. And I think America will no longer be America overnight. It'll be an embarrassment to the world. Everybody will say, what the hell happened to that greatest country in the world, the American dream? Look at that. If they go there. Now, the question that you got to ask yourself is, are these guys capable and willing to be that greedy and use a tool or mechanism like this to win, if your answer to that question Mm -hmm. will dictate whether that's possible or not. Yes. If you say yes, then guess what? Don't be surprised if November 5th of this year, something like that happens. If your answer to that question is, Mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to go that far, then don't worry about it. It's going to be a fair election. That's you have to process this. Pat, just to echo what you're saying, there used to be a time in this country when someone would hear what you're saying, you'd be like, you're crazy. Yeah. There's not, they're never going to do that. That's, what? At this point, people are living with such paranoia. You know, they say only the paranoid survive. People are basically are looking at each other being like, that maybe that could happen. 
maybe this is happening. I know that you're giving a hypothetical, but you know, on the flip side, the reality is our enemies hate us. The people around the world. I'm just looking at, look at some of the the highlights right here that was going Especially on here. Especially the domestic they, ones. They, they want, but you know, you could say the domestic ones. Um, that's fine. But you know, one of the things that we always talk about here is. And you've said this a million times, Pat. Trump is not the enemy. Sometimes it's going to take something disastrous from an outside force, from a foreign actor, from an enemy who will galvanize America and say, you know what? Maybe this freaking guy, Trump, is not the bad guy. And maybe it works on the other side as well. Hey, maybe the, the nominee on the other side isn't uh, as evil as I thought he was. I mean, if you're just looking at these, uh, we're talking about the power outage, to go back to that. Some of the highlights. FBI Director Ray says China cyber attacks on U.S. infrastructure are now at unprecedented scale. Another story, Russia's nuclear space weapon, uh, a risk for all. That's according to the German Space Command Force. You know, you see stories like Sam Altman. You know, a lot of this stuff could be done via AI. What's going on here? You see Sam Altman, uh, who's worth billions of dollars, is a quote-unquote doomsday prepper with a stash of guns and gold. The guy leading the AI charge is a doomsday prepper. You see the story about Mark, Zuck, uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Didn't million. he just buy a $150 oh, yeah. million dollar he know, compound? He knows. Where, in Hawaii? Underground, underground bunker so, being So, you built. know, when you see the billionaires, the millionaires and the billionaires, you see when they're turning into doomsday preppers, it's pretty scary. There you go. Inside Mark Zuckerberg's top yeah. secret Hawaii compound. Uh, and you, it's scary out there, man. Last point. We had Peter Pry on the podcast two times in a month, I want to say. And then he died. And then he died. I mean, He was no, the number no, no one leading here. expert in <clears throat> weapons of mass destruction, WMP. He, he knew a lot about EMPs. Yes. You know, rest, wow. re, rest in peace. I'll say one thing. I've told this story before at a, at a Nalba-type uh, uh, Fonseca ALU event. I, Ted Koppel spoke. And this was at the height of the election, 2016. And being, build a wall. Don't build a wall. Should we build the wall? He goes, listen. Um, this is the whole walk and chew gum, do both. He goes, yes, you know, the wall is important for domestic, but don't lose sight of the foreign adversaries and taking down our power grids and whatever these EMPs may do. So a wall on the southern border, pretty important, I think we've realized at this point, but also not yeah. being immune and being prepared to cyber warfare paramount. I so think, let's, yeah. let's transition to the next story. By the way, while all this stuff is taking place, Rob, I'm going to go to this next story here. I'll combine four together in one. Rob, if you have the clip for this one, uh, pull it up. Biden laughs off question about Gavin Newsom being Democrats' plan B in 2024. Is this the clip? Go ahead and play this clip here. And then, and then Newsweek, same day, comes out with the story. Okay, one is New York Post, one is Newsweek. Newsweek comes out with a story saying Michelle Obama favored to replace Joe Biden if he drops out. Then same day, Fox Business says only 16% of Americans say Biden has helped the middle class. And same day, Daily Mail says Biden has a $130 million war chest campaign. He could either keep it or go to somebody else. But watch this clip here. Go ahead. Oh, God. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Well, I'm looking for. I'm looking at you. We're looking at you. Yeah. So the the, the whole the, the guy asked the question about Newsom, but so while all this stuff is going on, Newsweek, betting company Betfair, okay, is currently offering odds. If you can go to this, Rob, okay, four to nine or sixty nine percent on Joe Biden being the Democratic nominee in November. Okay. However, concerns about Biden's health strengthened by a series of recent gaffes has triggered speculation over whether he could end up stepping down from the contest, and if so, 
Who would be the favorites to replace him? Betfair has Michelle Obama as second most favored 2024 Democratic presidential nominee with odds of 8 to point, eight to 1 now. By the way, it used to be 11 to 1. Now it's 8 to 1 or 11%, making her the highest performing alternative to Biden. She's followed by Newsom 12 to 1, 7.7%. Then Kamala is 15 to 1, 6%. Then it's Whit- uh, Whitmer, 1.3%, uh, uh, 74 to 1. Elizabeth Warren, 79 to 1. Hillary Clinton even made it on oh, this list. God. 94 to 1. Okay, what'd you say, Rob? <laughs> Yeah, he Hillary Clinton's on the list, Hillary's, ninety-four to one. So sure. w- while while this is going on, you know, twenty-two percent of respondents credit President President Biden for a state of the economy, with sixteen percent of middle-class families stating that they have benefited significantly. The, the way this is written, sixteen percent of middle class are saying they have benefited from Biden's policy significantly. You know what this says? The way it needs to be written is. 84% of middle-class families stating that Biden's policies have uh, affected them significantly. Sure. That's what's going on in America today. So if we are watching this, and this guy's got $130 million he's sitting on. I think he raised $42 million in January, okay? And Trump, meanwhile, only raised $19 million in the fourth quarter of 2023. So that war chest is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Is this where all of a sudden— Someone's going to swoop in and say, hey, I'm the one that's going to be the nominee. We're going to be OK. Biden steps out. You know, Kamala Harris steps out. Tom, are you seeing more and more likelihood that someone else is going to step in instead of Biden? Uh, yes. And I'm, I'm on I've been on this page for a while and I haven't moved from it. And now I'm I'm you know, I've been up at 70 percent. I think I've just crossed 80 percent that at the Democrat convention, they will use their rules that are already in place and they will nominate a different candidate for president, not named Joe Biden. I'm I'm 80 percent now. And I've talked about it before. They're going to use the delegate rules that they've got. They're running an open primary. So it's a really three point thing. Oh, Joe Biden has decided to uh, step aside and take a dignified sunset. Point one. Point two. Well, we really didn't run an open primary, so we really don't have a bunch of results to lean on. Point three. Hey, wait a minute. We have we have our own rules here about superdelegates and delegate voting, and we've gathered here for the convention. Let's nominate someone. That's how it's going to happen. You know what's going to happen, too? My thing is, I, I agree with you, Tom, but you know what they're going to do? They're going to be like... They're going to try to announce Joe Biden. They're not going to give him his drugs. He's going to walk out with his underwear. His dog is going to be biting people. They're going to be like, look at, look at this crazy bastard. We need Mich- And by the way, you know how, beauty, how, how brilliant, not brilliant, but. Yeah, his dog has bit 24 Secret Service His people. dog is crazy. He's crazy. His wife is, she's a doctor, whatever. Um, uh, here's the thing, Tom. Look at this tactic, though, because if right now Trump goes against Biden, Trump is going to mop the floor with him just because of his, his cognitive like where he's at with his brain and also all the failures. So you know what you do? You put somebody else in that you can't say anything because they haven't run. They haven't done anything. And all they're going to do is go to uh, Trump's past insurrection, all this economy, all the COVID, all that crap. So they're going to have it's going to be a very, 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 very tight, tight race when it's somebody like because, by the way, Michelle, Michelle's going to have all the ammunition to talk crap. And she's going to have just the blind followers that are just like, yeah, it's just it's not him. It's not him. Yeah, that's the tactical attack. And Pat asked me, am I still on the page? Yes, I am. 100%. It's going to happen at the convention. I'm not making that up. That is exactly the way the rules are set up. So I feel 80% chance table is set. While, we're on, Wednesday. while we're on this, while we're on this, I'm going to read this as well to add to the conversation. So Donald Trump's donor numbers fall 
by 200,000 compared to 2019. This is Financial Times. Donald, Trump's enter, Donald Trump enters 2024 election year with approximately 200,000 fewer donors compared to his previous uh, presidential campaign, raising concerns about his fundraising capabilities amid mounting legal expenses having attracted around 516,000 donors in the second half of 2023, down from 740 in the same period of his last race. Trump's campaign raised $189 million from donors in 2023, contrasting with Biden's $202 million from a smaller donor base with a campaign official acknowledging the decline in donors as concerning, particularly on small donor side, emphasizing the need to swiftly replenish donor numbers. Trump uh, Republican strategist Eric Wilson suggests the drop in Trump's donor numbers may indicate donor fatigue exasperated, exasperated by rising living costs and competition from rival Republican, underscoring the importance of small donors to Trump's campaign. I disagree. I think the reason why this is happening, they're, they're, not, uh, uh, they're not looking at a couple different things. Uh, what is going on right now that didn't happen in 2019? Like, it's almost, they write it as if the American people are dumb. <laughs> in 2019, Trump was the only nominee. Mm. He was the president. So, which means Republicans only had one person to give money to. This time around, they could give money to who? Uh, with the date. Nikki, DeSantis, Nikki, DeSantis Chris Vivek, Christie. Our good friend Mike Pence. Tim Scott, Mike <laughs> Pence. They had all these other options to give money to. And guess who hasn't dropped out yet? Nikki. A, a, a lady named Nikki, Nikki Haley. How much money has she raised? Well over $100 million, And Nikki Haley's donors are who? Establishment Nikki, the Wall Establishment Wall Street billionaires, right, mm-hmm. that are giving her the money. And meanwhile, Nikki Haley is calling out Trump's dementia risk. Okay, angering MAGA. What did she say here? She said, you know, uh, in a Tuesday speech from Greensville, South Carolina, Haley announced that she has no intentions of dropping out of the race at present and will also not do so if she loses by a considerable margin in the state's primary. Instead of focusing on how to make America stronger tomorrow, some people want to know if I'm going to cave today. We've all heard the calls for me to drop out, and we all know where they're coming from, the political elite. You have the money from the political elite. What are you talking about? The party bosses, the cheerleaders in the commenters, commentators' world. Elsewhere in the speech, Haley also argued that Trump should not be considered for president again, given his advanced age of 77, which increases the likelihood of developing dementia. We're talking about the most demanding job in human history. You don't give it to someone who's at risk of dementia. And while she asked, if you don't uh, uh, win the nominee here, would you consider changing parties and running in a different, you know what she says? What did she say? She says, at this point, my only focus is on what I'm doing right now. That's what she said. At this point, which means maybe that's on her mind as well. So who knows why these 200,000 numbers are lower? But there's no way you can make the exact comparison of 2019 to 2024. Good point. There was no competition in 2020, 2019 when, when Trump was running again. On a post- I, look, I think that Nikki, you know, we could say a million not good things about Nikki. I will say too. that she, at the very least, is a good strategist. Her strategy is just try to wait out Trump and to see if he actually literally goes to jail, which would be insane to me. But her calculation is, okay. I'm not dropping out of the race. Everybody else has dropped out. I'm the only man left, woman left. And let's just see what happens with Trump. She's got a war chest. You know, this weekend in about two or three days is the South Carolina primary. She's expected to lose in well over double digits. We'll see what happens to that. But then there's uh, what Super Tuesday is March 5th, I want to say. It's coming up in a few weeks. 
where other states vote. We'll see what happens with that. She's just waiting to see what happens with Trump. In the meantime, um, they're trying to bleed Trump dry. We see that. Yeah. Uh, whether that's uh, legally or whether that's this is uh, sort of uh, low voter turnout or low low donation, I believe that people do have sort of fatigue. What they say in the article, Pat? What's the team the term that they used? Um, election fatigue. What's the term they used? I think I'm- election fatigue. Yeah, exactly. Well, people, they're just tired I think of, they're just tired of. Her. I think I think people are. I think. In my opinion, I think this election is going to be way less of a turnout than in 2020. Everyone was so hyper-focused. Everyone was home. Everyone's on lockdowns. Everyone is just uh, donor fatigue. There it was right there. Donor fatigue. Yeah, you know, talk about inflation, Bidenomics. Uh, Trump has a base of, let's say, 30% of this country um, that are going to be ride or die with Trump. We all know that. Biden's only hope, if he is the nominee, is that people still tr- hate Trump as much as they did in 2020. And the numbers are showing That's not, otherwise. Yeah. You know, I, I'm on a different camp um, uh, than Tom. I, at this point, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, when Henry Kissinger died, uh, what, a couple months couple ago? Months, four months. I went down the rabbit hole of what his sort of his doctrine was. And he abided by something called real politic, real politic. And it's not. Uh, the, the the answer is uh, you, you don't look at things idealistically. You don't think uh, you don't do it based on your beliefs or your morals or your values or your doctrines or your opinions. You actually take things at face value with pragmatic approach and realistic approach. The realistic approach is that Biden is still the nominee, as insane as that is. Yeah. And I understand why For, people are like, come yeah, on, guy. Yeah. Right now, yes. right now, you're 100 percent. Right. right. But, you know, shocker. What if actually actually yeah. that the sitting president is actually going to be the nominee in 2024 I, there is a chance there's 100 <laughs> there's a chance uh, but i i, I and, and i agree adam everything is on the table so to speak but it, when if it because he has to debate there is absolutely no way because because mind you let's let's not forget once the election happened everybody would like you said biden was in the basement he didn't have to campaign he didn't have to do anything what scares me is if it comes down to it where they're like okay now michelle and newsom and it's just this new you know fire this phoenix rising out of the ashes for the democratic party if that still doesn't work and they still realize like oh shit he's gonna win that's when i think something big is gonna happen that's when i think they're gonna shut this shit down so nobody can vote and keep biden in that's my fear that's my genuine fear because look at all the tactics guys they've been using covid Locked it down, got him out. Uh, mm-hmm. Insurrection. Uh, COVID, all, uh, now they're trying to bleed him dry. If all, and this dude, this is how God works. If they can't stop him because God chose this guy to freaking wake everybody the hell up, if it gets down to the end and they can't stop him, that's when I think something Vinny, bad's going to happen. I had you until you had to say God chose him God, to stop. Well, God chooses you think everybody. God chose Trump, Donald to, Trump to wake us up, to show everybody the truth. Tom. I, I genuinely yeah, do. This, so, is where, I, I think think gone, this is where you lose. We've gone down this one a little bit, and I think there's a very, you bring up Henry Kissinger and about what the, what the obvious that's out front and i'll submit this the establishment is not republican or democrat they want control and their deeper agenda to move forward right now that would be far easier and almost automatic with joe biden look we can see what the uniparty has done on these bills going to ukraine we've talked about this and there's things happen on both sides of the aisle that that americans on the left and the right you know rational voters don't want and so i think what's happening here is you've got establishment billionaires supporting Nookie, and Nookie is running in the center. Did you just call her Nookie? Nookie. I'm sorry. Nookie. Nice. Um, so, sorry, that's, I was 
reading something by a lobbyist. The, the point that she's trying to make mm-hmm. is to make palatable things, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, reasonable to middle independent voters that are establishment policies. That is her purpose. That is why she is still here. A, a month ago, I said, is she still here because she's running for Senate? No. Right now, you look at what she's pushing. She's trying to make these establishment things palatable to the independent center. This is an establishment. But it's not ploy. working, though. Nobody likes her. She's not liked. No, no. She's not liked at the Republican primary level. Right. But there is. But she's she's creating lean in the independents in the middle. I saw yesterday that the independent lean on a Nikki mm-hmm. versus Biden election was extreme. So it's kind of working. So I think there's bigger things at play here is why she hasn't uh, hasn't dropped out. And, you know, I, I think I take it at face value. Do you think independents like her more than RFK? I Some. Do you think they like her more? Not some. Do you think they like her more than RFK? No, no. I think head-to-head RFK. RFK on an honest election with, you know, Honest. Multiple, yeah. multiple. No, I'm saying. Yeah, what I'm saying what you is, yeah. you, so, a 60 day run, multiple debates. I think because RFK I think even if she goes, her. even if she chooses to all of a sudden go leave the Republican Party and go independent, I don't think she's liked more than RFK. I think RFK is liked. I don't think anybody likes her. <laughs> I, I'm just being honest with you. Yeah. I, there's there's something. You know, you meet certain people. I, I agree. That they, I'm only saying you, why is she still here and why you, are these? Tom, can, I got you. Really? You know, you meet certain people that they can fake being liked for an hour <laughs> and then they can fake being liked for a day. And then you go on a company trip with them for five days and you're like, dude, you cannot fake being liked. You're yeah. just flat out annoying. Yeah. Right. To be around. That's Nikki Haley. T- spend five days with her on a trip. She's going to know you by the third day. She'll fake it the first day. Yeah. Dinner. She'll be fantastic. Yeah. Second day. Phenomenal. Third day. You'll see signs. Fourth day. Hey, babe, you know, Nikki and uh, her husband want to go have dinner. Babe, tell them I'm sick. I'm <laughs> I got sick. diarrhea. I got leave. every freaking yeah. thing. Matter of fact, yeah. tell them I got COVID and, <laughs> and I'm going to be better by the time we get back. So they just don't want to be around us. Yeah, that's that's the vibe. Now, I may be wrong because I've never had that. It's just the more she talks, the more she gives the vibes of you don't want to be around her and she's not likable. Yeah. OK, so who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. And, and would, would, you, would you rather be around her or Hillary if you had to pick? You're not wrong. <laughs> if you had to pick, let's you're trying evil. to play a game of Mary Bang. No, 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 right well, no, Pat, Pat. If you had to hang out for for one day, <laughs> I love that you're thinking about it too. Nikki Haley or Hillary Clinton? I'll give you the answer. Yeah, and, and the answer is not going to answer your question. It's going to be Hillary because I want to learn. Yeah. on why she does what she does. There's nothing I want to learn from Nikki. Nikki, I want to be around Hillary to to ask her about the history of the relationship with her and Bill and. You know, is it really love or is it a business thing? I'm, I want to ask her questions, not it. necessarily because I want to hang out with her. Yeah. So, okay, Rob, let's go to, to this. Watch this. So the judge, right, uh, the wonderful, sweet judge, Letitia James, says she'll seize Trump's New York buildings if he can't pay $350 million fine. Rob, if you have the video, I want you to watch this video, and then I want you to I want to show you something else that maybe none of you have seen Except for those of you guys that have been on Twitter and X. Go ahead and play this clip, Rob. Go ahead. If he does not have funds uh, to pay off the judgment, uh, then we will seek, uh, you know, judgment enforcement mechanisms in court. And we will ask the judge to seize his assets. Trump was held liable for Why exaggerating his wealth. Why does she talk like Janet Jackson? Like by the way, so, so watch this. Okay, so they want to do that, right? Because remember, this whole thing got started when she claimed 
that Marlago is worth what? $18 million. $18 million. Rob, can you go to Twitter, please? I found an article yesterday through Matt. I think it was Matt that put it, put this up, and then I want to Google to verify it. This is New York, Matt Gates, by the way. This is New York Times, Thursday, July 16th, 1981. Post home for sale for $20 million. A portion of Mar-a-Lago, the post estate in Palm Beach. 43 years ago, this house was for sale for $20 million. And then I said, this cannot be a real story. <laughs> then I went and typed New York Times to see if this article is still public. You can do this, folks. This is the article on NewYorkTimes.com with the date right there, if you can zoom in. Wow. July 16, 1981. Okay? And if you get the article, this is about the property of Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach being for sale. So millions by some level was undisputed quote in Palm Beach society. And today, seven and a half years later, after the death of Marjorie Merriweather, post 115 room mansion, which she resigned. Uh, she reigned in, is on the market for a uh, regal sum. By all accounts, the Post Foundation is selling Mar-a-Lago, a 17.7-acre estate that stretches from the Atlantic Ocean in front yard to Lake Worth in the back for no less than $20 million, a record-breaking price in a winter, you know, watering hole of the very rich, is also one of the highest ever asked for presidential for residential property in the country. This is 19 19- 81. Wow. It took four years and $8 million to build Mar-a-Lago in 1927, Seven. folks. <laughs> in nine, that's 100 years ago. Oh my and God. this judge has convinced Americans that Mar-a-Lago is worth <laughs> freaking 18 million bucks. Do me a favor. Go to uh, Realtor.com if you can do that. Just go to Realtor. Go to Realtor.com and type in Palm Beach. Go to Realtor.com and type in Palm Beach. Uh, Palm Beach, Florida, if you can do that. Uh, Palm Beach, Florida, perfect. Now, if you can do me a favor while you go there and put the search, go to the filters that it will show you to the left. Sort by, close that, says sort by bottom, go lower, 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 right above the picture to the left. Yeah, go to sort by highest prices, highest price. Okay, and go to that first one. Go to the first one. That's just land. 2.3 acres for $200 million. Oh, my God. You're paying $200 million for that land right now. That's really nice grass. Yeah. Yeah. So go back, Rob. Go back, Rob. If you can go back one. Go back one. Go back one. Go to the second house. The view, Pat. That house is 2.27 acres. Wow. Okay? For $187 million. How many bedrooms is it? Go up a little bit to see how many rooms it is. Go up. 11 rooms. 177 rooms was the other one, just so you know, on 17.7 acres. So if we take purely this math, okay, go to the one previous and just do the land. Go to the one previous, Rob, you were in, right there, right uh, that, that one right there. So the other property is 18 acres. This is two acres. Let's just say eight times, okay? Eight times $200 million with zero property, just the land, $1.6 billion. Wow. With the land, with the pool, with the club, with all the inside the rooms, everything, somebody could, a realtor, an aggressive realtor could make an argument for $2 billion, okay? They could. Now- Somebody who's reasonable could say, well, at least it's worth a billion dollars, maybe $750 million. And if you're able to buy it for half a billion dollars, you got lucky. But the fact that somebody's selling two, two acres of land for $200 million and Letitia's able to convince that the place is only worth $18 million, do you realize how ludicrous and how funny this is? <laughs> this is why people are leaving New York 
Letitia James trying to talk like Janet Jackson. Okay? <laughs> that's what's going on to your state. Hey, that's Congratulations. She looks like Sherman no, Plump without the glasses. By the way, but by the way, so, so anytime, any place, the greatest do, music video of all do time. Do they know about like, I like, have, mm-hmm. should, like how, how is it? Like, by the way, you should be his lawyer. You just do exactly what you did in the courtroom. It's a done deal. It's a closed deal. Why have they have they even done something like this? I don't think they have done something like this. But all I'm saying is I'm giving my basic, but that's basic. argument for lawyer. something like this. Go ahead, Tom. Well, and what she's saying is the headlines, she's going to seize it. Well, she can't seize squat. She will seek judgment enforcement mechanisms in court. Those mechanisms start at the end of appeals, at the end of judicial review all of which is available to Donald Trump. And he's got a lot of support from people that don't like him very much because this is a bad precedent. This is a bad case. And she can't take it. She can't stroke her pen. She's not She's not a foreign dictator that can just steal oil companies from his billionaires. That's not what she can do here. There's due process here. And these are headlines that are meant to be populist headlines. Ha, 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 we're going to seize his assets. Well, be careful what you're talking about because you're, you're sounding an awful lot like you, you, you got the mouth of a totalitarian regime. And Donald Trump has got the appeal process and other things in front of him. Yes, the interest is building up, but this is a farce. Mm-hmm. We will seek judgment according to mechanisms in court. Yeah, after the appeals, after he hasn't paid, after a lot of things that have to come and go, because we have a judicial system, an appellate system, circuit courts for this, and we have due process in this country, at least I thought we did. When did they give that $18 million assessment judgment? Do we have a time frame for that? Uh, I'm assuming it was late summer 2023, uh, because I actually was doing some research back then. Um, you know, there was an article... Um, regarding Zillow, and they had to amend the article. But they basically posted a listing for Mar-a-Lago saying that it was sold for $422 million. They had to retract it. They basically said, you know, why is Zillow basically saying it's been sold, not sold? What's the argument right there? Eric Trump made a statement. That was in, um, I want to say, September of 2023. But listen, you could say Zillow... You know, maybe they're getting involved in where they shouldn't be getting involved politics. But that number of four hundred twenty two million was what they listed or is what it was sold for. Whether you think it's more or whether you think it's less, anyone looking at this situation saying eighteen million dollars, like, come on, buddy. It just makes zero sense. But, and, and that's but, why but, I understand when people are like, what is happening? But we keep hearing, but we, and, and this is the second time you said it, where it's like the people are like, come on, like, come on, but how are they getting away with it this far and this long? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's blatantly obvious what they're doing, but they're using the courts mm-hmm. to try to do it. Where's the outrage? I mean, besides us yelling and people screaming, like, why? It, it, it's like. Well, listen, we're making our arguments. Let the audience do sharing, talking, disputing. And th- th- all we're doing is we're a podcast, we talk about current events. We give our own arguments. We have friendly debates, arguments. Sometimes we throw stuff at each other after the video's done. Yeah. We're not live. The real fight starts yeah, yeah. we're off, right? But, you know, and the audience gets to sit there and say, I want to share this. Other people need to see this. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? And then vote accordingly. Yep. Okay? With your mouth, with your audience, and with your vote. That's the way you get to do something about this, right? Especially with your money as well. So next story. Somebody that's been voting a lot with their money. NVIDIA, Okay. Beats Tesla as the most traded stock ahead of hotly anticipated earnings. And Tom actually has the earnings. Hmm. And wait till you see what happened to these guys. I'll read this. And then Tom's going to drop the bomb 
on how much the value of their company went up in less than 12 hours, give or take. Here we go. So NVIDIA, okay, a company that a lot of people are talking about, a lot of people are saying it's our investment, it's what we're looking at, we're not getting away from this. Stock has surpassed Tesla as the most traded with an average daily volume of $30 billion compared to Tesla's $22 billion, reflecting robust investors' interest ahead of NVIDIA's earnings, according to Reuters and LSEG data. Analytics anticipate NVIDIA's earnings report to be a market-moving event, giving its pivotal role in determining the stock's trajectory. Freedom Capital Market Strategist Jay Woods remarked, can this momentum continue? Question mark. The answer is simple. Yes. Yes, it can. Highlighting NVIDIA's 47% year-to-date increase and its $1.8 trillion market cap, now exceeding that of Alphabet and Amazon. NVIDIA's recent for, uh, foray into AI investments, such as a stake in SoundHound AI, has triggered significant market enthusiasm with associate film like Super Microcomputing witnessing remarkable stock surges. Tom, can you tell the audience... How much their valuation went up in less than 12 hours? So going into the, absolutely. So going into the earnings report, every company on the stock market has to make earnings reports four times a year. And going into that, there was a bunch of shorts saying, oh, NVIDIA is too high. This can't go on. And the shorts are putting pressure on the stock, and the stock went down a little bit before the earnings report. Then they came out. Yeah, we, uh, we gave you polite guidance of $20.5 billion for the quarter. That's one quarter. Um, and uh, it came out at $22.1 billion. So that was step one. Everybody goes, holy crap. Remember, a quarter is only 13 weeks. And so if you give guidance, you maybe beat your quarter. We've seen it, Pat, like, you know, a couple hundred million, things like that. But to beat it by almost $2 billion, you beat the quarter. All of the sudden, and by they did it after the close. And then they said, you know, our data centers were up uh, $16 billion of this. So the data centers are the engine of AI. Everybody that's putting AI here, ChatGBT here, is using NVIDIA data centers. They are the, they are the engine. This is a boom similar to when the dot-com boom happened and things like we all learned what a server was. What's a server? Well, we needed thousands and millions of servers and data centers everywhere to make our internet go, and we need routers. Well, this is the engine. NVIDIA makes the engine of AI. And in after-hours trading, after they, remember, they made this announcement after the close, and in after-hours trading, all the orders come in so you can see the pressure on the spike. They jumped 250 billion dollars of valuation for the company up to uh, i think they're right now 1.88 billion right now and by the way ladies and gentlemen that's one netflix <laughs> that is one netflix that they how was your overnight. day how, how valuable is your company well in less than 12 hours we made about a netflix <laughs> can you imagine that Crazy. that just sounds hilarious wouldn't it by the way up on netflix by the way there are people out there that that talk in, in humor in wall street and they use company names as currencies. And they'll say, well, that's about two Twitters. And it puts things in perspective when you suddenly yeah, start thinking about totally. things like this. And so these guys to the engine, this was the single most important earnings report of the last five years, ladies and gentlemen. I'll tell you why. Because the A, they used the statement um, in the earnings report where they said, look, this is the tipping point for AI. We have seen this go from $2 billion to $16 billion a quarter in revenue here. And by the way, 
Remember, Pat, I said it was a $22 billion quarter. Mm-hmm. What's 22 times 4? 88. Yep. Their year closed at 60. So the reason the stock is running is they're on an $88 million run rate right now, $88 billion run rate, and they just closed the year because this was the fourth quarter earnings report at 60. So really, it's yes about NVIDIA, but it also says this is what's going on behind the scenes, ladies and gentlemen, on AI, is all companies everywhere are adding AI to their service and products. And I'll tell you something else he said that was very interesting that anybody can understand. He said, look, we're powering what's called agents. And agents are things, look at it this way. You have Dropbox, you have Box, you have these uh, services that an individual person may use or a company may use. Everybody knows what Dropbox and Box are. And we are powering things that they're going to add agents to that to do things for you that you can, here's the word to use, you could hire the agents from us and pay us for these agents to do certain tasks and run things through Dropbox and Box and a lot of other service providers. Do you hear that? Yeah. So you're going to be buying services from them and they're using the phrase hire agents as if you're hiring like an employee to do something. And this is the future of AI and this is what's going on. So the bigger story is, ladies and gentlemen, we've reached a tipping point on wide stream implementation and adoption of AI services. That's still unbelievable that in 12 hours, the stock went up. Two foreign aid Ukraine packages overnight. <laughs> That's insane. I love Pat. you, Vinny. Now you're do you're playing the I game. I did the math. You're doing wow. I two, two Ukraine packages in twelve hours. I'm not, I'm not paying. Actually, I'm not paying actually, three Fords actually, for that. It's not two. It, it's four because remember of it's the ninety five, oh yeah, sixty my billion bad. goes to 60. Ukraine. My Go bad. Ahead. Get your facts right. I have. I apologize. Well, my I, math. I, I do like the Netflix analogy because you know we'll break this down to sort of a personal finance perspective. You know, a few years ago, prior to COVID, there used to be something called Fang, right? These were the hottest stocks in the world. Fang, F A A N G. It stood for Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix. And Google. Since then, it's become the Magnificent Seven, which is um, Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, Meta, which was Facebook. You know, they had they couldn't do the fang, fang thing anymore. Microsoft, Tesla, and now NVIDIA. So, uh, you know, I get a lot of questions of like, how, should, how do I invest in AI? Should I buy Bitcoin? What should I do with my money? What should I do with my investment assets? What should I do? I've never, I've never even invested before. How do I get a slice of the American pie? This is very simple, guys. If you want a slice of the American pie, all these companies are in the S&P 500. Go get an index fund. Put it in your 401k. Put it in your Roth IRA. Go get a slice of American greatness. All these companies, you know, people are like, I don't want to invest in Bitcoin. Invest in the companies that are investing in Bitcoin. We've had Michael Saylor on the podcast multiple times. MicroStrategy, they're one of the biggest Bitcoin holders. Tesla, they hold Bitcoin. Um, Coinbase, they hold Bitcoin. If you want to get involved in AI, invest in the S&P 500. Ride the growth of NVIDIA. So all these strategies, don't overthink it. Just invest in the S&P 500. I think these seven companies had what percentage of the S&P 500 growth? 30-something percent this past year. Damn. You know, everyone was calling for a recession in 2023. The market was up 25%. And By the way, a Magnificent the Seven Profits now exceeds every, almost <laughs> every country in the world. Yeah. Wow. Tom said something about Germany. Tom, if you can say that about Germany. Yeah, that. When you talk about it, the, the, the strength and power of the American economy and the companies that are made, the German stock market has a market cap of $2 trillion. 
if the German stock market was traded here, it would be in third place behind Microsoft mm-hmm. at two point nine trillion, Jeez. Apple at two point eight trillion, and Alphabet, Amazon, and Nvidia all approximately the same size as the entire that is stock insane. market. Okay, that's called U.S. capitalism. That yes. I, that's why it's worth Gangster. fighting for and protecting and not letting these crazy things take in place. If you want to look at those company uh, thing that I just sent you on Slack. Uh, let's uh, go to the GDP. next door. Okay, Let's gotcha. go to the next door. Let's go to the next door. Okay, so uh, next story is Elon Musk, first human patient able to control mouse through thinking, Neuralink. Rob, if you have that video to show, I'll read it to you while Rob's pulling this up. So pretty wild on what this is doing now. Elon Musk announced a social media event at X, uh, uh, on X that Neuralink's first human patient implanted with a brain chip has shown remarkable prog- progress, being able to move a mouse around the screen by just thinking, indicating a significant breakthrough in brain-computer interface technology. Musk emphasized the patient's full recovery and the success of the neural effects stating progress is good and the patient seems to have made a full recovery with neural effects that we are aware of i mean this is rob if you got a video just play the video if you got that go ahead watch this creepy joy of connecting with your loved ones browsing the web or even playing games using only your thoughts this is made possible by placing a small (laughs) cosmetically invisible implant in a part of your brain that plans movements the device is designed to interpret yes, your in your head, though. <laughs> it's so on you can your brain. Operate a computer or a smartphone by simply thinking about moving. No wires or physical movement are required. By participating in the Prime study, you'd be helping to redefine the boundaries of human capability. If you've been living with quadriplegia from a spinal cord injury or with ALS, you may qualify for the Prime study. We'd love to share more with you and get you on board. You know, it's how Visit we, our we, website today with that, to learn like the that accent. With that Janet accent, Jackson let me explain something, Adam. You nailed it earlier. It with that official. accent, I'm signing up. But if that was a New York guy going, hey, put this fucking thing in your brain, yeah. that's when you're like, no, but, but, and Pat, if you don't mind, listen, guys, I'm, before I even start this, I, I respect Elon Musk. I think he's brilliant. I think what he's done for spe- uh, free speech and buying X is all cool, but just devil's advocate. You never know when somebody might be a wolf in sheep's clothing. And I'm saying this, like, think about what's happening. If, if, if Elon Musk didn't buy Twitter and give us a free speech platform and that was happening, wouldn't you be asking a lot more questions? Like right now we're kind of baffled. Like what, wait, what a chip in the brain. If he didn't give us that, if he didn't champion this free speech movement, I think we'd be judging the hell out of him because think about it. Think about what he's doing. He's launched every other week. There's a new SpaceX launch. You ever notice that they're launching all these stuff, these low orbit satellites. <clears throat> Some are saying that he's trying to yes. set up this, this ultra magnetic thing for all the 5g and the 6g and the 7g's that are coming. He launches Tesla Okay, which is, you know, they're trying to go autonomous vehicles where, you know, at some point in time, the car is going to do what it wants to do if that's what some, some of the fears are. Waymo and, cars did that in Phoenix and people set them on fire. Ex- ex- exactly. And then now he has Neuralink where there's a chip in your brain. Okay, if he didn't buy Twitter, it'd be crazy. But And, and here's where I'm going with this. I think, uh, I think I lost my page. But the future is connecting the human brain with AI, right, with all that 
cloud stuff that he's talking about. Ray Kurzweil is one of the leading guys where he's like, we're going to be incorporated. But there was a big problem with him because they were, they were worried about an intellect war where artificial intelligence is now going to think that they're smarter than us and we're going to have a fight. SpaceX is leading the way. Um, but then think about it. If he's a, this free speech guy, then why all of a sudden he's doing these, these deals with the Pentagon? What's that story, Rob? I think he did one where... Oh, yeah. Where Musk's uh, SpaceX forges a tighter links with U.S. spy and military agencies. They're, they're supposedly hating him because he's giving us this free, free speech, but he's working with them. And then who's to say, guys, really think about this. This microchip is in your, is in your brain, right? Even though that nice British accent and I'm going to put you. But who's to say that at one point he can't go on his phone and control what the hell you're doing? You know what I mean? Listen to what I'm doing. Go buy this. Go do this. Go into this you know, building and start shooting. I think this is a very, very, very slippery slope. And I think, again, just being devil's advocate, that everybody loves Elon Musk, but nobody's asking the real questions like, what is the end game? Because, bro, he's a businessman at the end of the day, and he's trying to make money. Am with I right? The, so yeah, there's no doubt. With Elon, you, well, let's give credit where credit's due. You know, he was just nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah, that's fine. So that's fine. I mean, that's, I'm saying good for good yeah. for him, but still. So uh, and why was he nominated? It's because he's a stout proponent of free speech. Uh, obviously, this is regarding Twitter uh, now X. But if you said two, three years ago, Elon Musk, when he became the richest man in the world right around covid, uh, that he's being nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. If you had to put money on the reason why. You would have gone down the list and you'd have been like, well, you know, green energy with Tesla, um, everything he's building with the tunnels, with the boring company out there in, in California, SpaceX going to the moon, everything they're doing with that, going to space, Starlink, everything that's going on with the satellites. He supported Ukraine against Russia and the fight and the war. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, he yeah, was yeah. using Starlink to of course. support Ukraine. Neuralink, helping sick people be able to move their body, everything with that. No. Uh, he just bought Twitter for forty-four <laughs> and lost billion money. dollars. Lost yeah. money. Uh, the number one five hundred C three company in the world at this point. At this point, uh, but it's pretty impressive what this guy's done. He's a builder. He's a creator, and I actually think he's going to win the Nobel Peace Prize for free speech. Tom, in, you know, I, I see the other side side of this. We we went all the way down to Musk here. The neuro, the benefits of Neuralink. Um, I I was invited and. Um, when I saw um, Jobs and Gates speak, the following year, um, at that same conference, following year, uh, I met a guy. Uh, I talked to him for about a half hour. His name is Dean Common, and he runs DARPA. And he, was, he showed all of us the early prototypes of what became the Luke Arm, where he was trying to put arms. Yes, that's him. He was trying to put arms uh, back on to soldiers that had lost the full limb. And his theory was that the nerves that were in your shoulder were still there, even though the arm was cut off. And if he could get the arm and technology to listen to the nerves, that you could actually have a soldier with an artificial arm able to do things. And I saw the prototype on a guy feed himself with a spoon from a bowl. And this was a soldier that had lost his arm. And if you look up the Luke arm, so why am I saying this? Neuralink is a progression that you can go back to the work of like 
of, of Dean Common and DARPA that are trying to do things. There's always going to be like a downside, like we're making robots, we're making super soldiers, we're doing things. This was an arm designed to give mobility back to somebody that had lost it. And so look at the good that can happen. And by the way, that looks like robotic, but remember, it's got to listen to something. The nerves in your body that are telling you to move have little electronic To the right person, this is life-changing, by the way. Oh, big time. I watched a veteran feed himself for the first time in years. I saw it with my own eyes. The veteran with the arm was taking a spoon and feeding himself oatmeal and getting emotional that he he had mobility back. So the things that are going on here, and I think what Musk is doing, and take that from moving a mouse to being able to be you know, functional again for somebody who's been injured. There's always going to be a dark side. Oh, they're going to make a bunch of robot soldiers and we're going to fight the war like that. But my point is, I think there's a lot of good that's being happened here. And I think the same core of Musk that brought us feed speech is thinking about Neuralink. I don't think he's thinking about soldiers and defense. Does he understand the risk? Sure he does. You hear him saying things about AI and the risk of AI in certain circumstances. Well, well if you're, if you're, hold on, but if, you, if you're the he's guy. He's a humanist. That, yep, yeah, but hold on. But if you're the guy that's saying AI could end humanity, why are you putting chips in people's brains that are going to be ultimately connected with AI? So all I'm saying is, and I, I, I Tom, I respect that and I think it's amazing, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you can ask questions and be like, yo, dude, what if you're saying one thing, but you're doing the other thing? You're like, wh- what are we talking about here? It's, it just gets a slippery slope and it's going to get pretty crazy pretty fast. Maybe, you don't have to put it in your head, dude. What do you mean? <laughs> you don't have to put Neuralink in your uh, head. By oh, the way, let me I'm ask not. you. Let me ask yeah. you, Tom. And, 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 <laughs> and by the way, Rob, can you, can you do me a favor and run a poll? Okay, run a poll. Would you consider putting. Neuralink in your brain. Don't say anything. Bruna, I've already over. ran one. Uh, it's running right now, actually. 86% of the audience, 2,500 people have voted. 86% of the audience says no, they would not get a Neuralink implant Good job, in their guys. brain. So let me ask this other question, though. What There's would, a follow-up there. What yeah. would need to happen right. for you to consider doing that? Because remember there was this thing back in the day, some of you guys may remember, it was called photo albums <laughs> remember that thing back in the days it's nowadays if you have it in your house you have to be above 70 years old right yeah because nobody has photo albums anymore nowadays everything's uh, with photo albums is what instagram you know how you go see your friend like oh my god i haven't seen you for six years but dude i feel like i know everything that's going on in your life why is that because of instagram being the photo album okay when social media first came out, I was very late to get on Facebook. Very late. Everybody was getting on Facebook. I'm like, there's no way in the world I'm going to get on Facebook and post pictures of my life there. Are you out of your freaking mind? <laughs> and then I did. And then this other four square thing came out. Yeah, check in where you are. You want me to tell people where I'm at so they can come and hunt me? This is how Middle Eastern <laughs> yeah, yeah, things. Yeah, of course. I'm not going to say where I'm at, with what bar I'm at, what business I'm at. Tom, would you at all, at what point would you consider putting... The Neuralink chip in your head. This goes to all of you guys. At what point? I'll, I'll answer that here. Those, the 86% of the people that voted no, voted no with a healthy arm to move a mouse and to click the no button. Now let's take a poll of people who have been debilitated and maybe need it to be, to be healed or brought back. And if I was in a condition that it offered me the ability to get part of my life back or part to get mobility back, Yes, I would consider it. Okay, so watch this. Let's just say you're 78 years old and you officially have dementia. Yeah, let's just call you Joseph. I don't know, 81 years old. 
Okay. And Joey B, whatever. And, and, and then uh, the, pe and, the people and, at your company keep pointing it out to yeah, you. And you're like, so what if what if all of a sudden I'm being serious with you? I what know, if all Joey of a sudden <laughs> this guy named Joseph who lives in DC? Okay. okay I think it's called Pittsburgh Avenue or Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania something like that. Okay. So what if this guy named Joseph calls Elon Musk and says, Listen, bro, Damn. if you put this chip in, okay, he takes it. Next thing you know, press conference. Hello, everybody. So, what questions? Oh, yeah, <laughs> and, and he's just like, bam, 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 bam. He's killing okay. him. Yeah. And we're like, Shit. holy moly. Oh Everyone's going to be voting for this oh, guy. Of course. So, guess what? I'm giving a little bit of a strategy here. Yeah. I think this wow. guy, Joseph, living on Pennsylvania Avenue, should make a phone call oh my God. to this other guy who lives in Austin and says, put this damn chip in <laughs> wow. 2024. Yeah. Make AI great again. <laughs> wow. Let's go. Well, and you know, they used go. to call me Sleepy Joe, but now I can't sleep. I'm yeah. up all night. I'm going to stop you. You're going to be one night. There's a guy. There's a downside. <laughs> oh my god! Downside because halfway around the world, Z goes. It says Wing Chow. Yeah, stop trying to hack the Federal Reserve Board. Just hack that guy. Oh god, that's oh. Mm -hmm. Now here we go. But by the way, and the and it's a brilliant idea. And uh, that guy Joe's wife, if she's a if she's a doctor, she could do the surgery and put the. The thing in his head, so he doesn't have to go pay for. Um, for what, what if, like, you know, wow. there's side conversations, and Joseph's like, "Listen, I want the AMG package. <laughs> I want, I want like the fully no, no, they're gonna, loaded. They're gonna know though. They're gonna know no that more. you're too advanced. Like just, just as long as you're not in your underwear. Yeah, I just, I just want you to think like That's how so those presents. Yeah. Well, do you remember in 1928 when this? I'm something, That's what happened. Solved. After, and how about the time that that's general? This is in 1826. Yeah. And what about the time that that don't. Like, oh, yeah. shit, what do you yeah. say to this guy? You know? Yeah, keep that late, late, late breaking news. Late breaking news is like in a weird turn of events, Joseph Biden. Approval rating 96% amongst the, the Republicans. Debt, yeah, the debt, we're out of debt. The war is over. Yeah. And we're in surplus. Thank you, Holy Bidenomics. Shit. It's like Viagra for your brain. It is. It really is. Imagine that. It really is. But so. to answer your question, how many people would you say would actually do this? Well, if we learned anything from the migrant crisis and the sanctuary city, where my The migrant crisis. Um, people don't take notice until things personally affect you. So the sanctuary cities, the people in New York and the Chicago and the blue states and the blue cities, they're like, ah, you know, let them in the border. They can come in. What is wrong with you? But when they get shipped to Nantucket or Martha's Vineyard or show up in New York, and all of a sudden they beat the shit out of cops and they start taking your money. All of a sudden it's like, yeah, uh, I'm not liking this whatsoever. So I, I don't think any healthy, able person Listen. would not put this in their body until it affects you. I think long term, if there's a company that's hiring six people, three of them have this chip in their head, the other three don't, in the interview process, the guy asks a question, how do you handle something like this? And the guy just spits out the best strategy and gets on the board and writes out exactly what to do to solve it according to mathematical formulas. The other three are going to be like, all right, next. Yeah. This guy's going to be like, look, but what matters more? What matters more? I have a real brain. So then, then you know, it'll be the same thing, which, by the way, this is going to get very political very quickly. I uh -huh. think it's going to take about 10 years. Uh -huh. You know what's going to happen? You know how those guys that wear the shirts, yeah, unvaxxed sperm, what, what, what is it, you know? You oh, $7,000 for, I think our friend what, Luke what, has what like $7,000 yeah. yeah. for yeah. unvaccinated so, sperm. So, so it's like, listen, I've not been vaccinated and all this stuff. Then the, the guys on like Tinder are saying, I never took the vaccine. So it's like, this is who I am. I think it could get to that point where it's going to be, do you want the real thing 
It's like, hey, mm-hmm. do, you, do you want fake boobs? You want real boobs? You what, what would you like, right? And, oh, and could you make? And then you want a real saying, brain? You want a fake saying, brain? They're saying with that chip, the future is you're going to be able to learn any language. Or and can you imagine Tom sitting here like he gets into a fight and gets hit, and he goes from English to and he's like, you keep punching Tom to just go through all the languages. Achtung! Achtung! German comes out. <laughs> uh, uh, wow! Well, sperm, seven thousand a load. <sighs> Ladies, I'm unvaxxed. To my German friends, I'm looking to my left. Du kannst mich mal amaschlecken. Oh, whoa, whoa, Tom. Sounds you have the link in there? You'll see your audience. Who's your audience? Who's your audience? That's the audience? question. All right, next. Um, the Elon uh, Musk. Uh, hang on one second. We got time. Uh, next, I'm going to go to Rob. Can you pull up the story of the professor in Harvard mm-hmm. on what he did? Roland G. Friar, I believe, right? Harvard professor says all hell broke loose when his study found no racial bias in police shooting. What? This is Roland Fryer. So a Harvard professor said that all uh, all, uh, hell broke loose. I read this already. During a sit-down conversation with Barry Weiss of Free Press, Harvard economics professor Roland Fryer discussed the fallout from a 2016 study he published on racial bias and Houston policing. The study found that police were more than twice as likely to manhandle, beat, or use some other kind of non-fatal force against blacks and Hispanics than against people of other races. However, the data also determined that officers were 23.8% less likely to shoot blacks and 8.5% less likely to shoot Hispanics. Then they were to shoot whites. Wait a minute. What? That so means the narrative. Can you please play? Show his face. Let the audience see his face. There you go. Can you please play the clip, Rob? That ties a little bit interesting. But can you please play the clip? Play this clip here. Go for it. T- listen up, everybody. I had colleagues take me into to the side and say, don't publish this. <laughs> You'll ruin your career. Mm. I said, what are you talking about? I said, what's wrong with it? Do you believe the first part? Yes. Do you believe the second part? Well, it's the issue is they just don't fit together. We like the first one, but you should publish the, no- the second one another time. We collected millions of observations on uh, everyday use of force that wasn't lethal. We collected thousands of observations on lethal force. And, and it, it was in this moment in 2016 that I realized People lose their minds when they don't like the result. So what my paper showed, you'll see tomorrow, uh, like some of you, uh, was that, yes, we saw some bias in the low-level uses of force every day pushing up against cars and things like that. People tend to like that result. But we didn't find any um, uh, racial bias in police shootings. Now, that was really surprising to me because I expected to see it. The little-known fact is I had eight full-time RAs that it took to do this over nearly a year. When I found the surprising result, I hired eight fresh ones and redid it. Wow. To make sure. For a year. Double-checking the the work. QC. And I thought it was robust. And I went to go give it. And my God, all hell broke loose. It was a 104-page, dense, academic, economics paper with a 150-page appendix, okay? Holy moly. It was posted for four minutes when I got my first email. This is full of shit. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. And I wrote back, how'd you read it that fast? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Neuralink. You are a genius. <laughs> I lived under, under um, 
police protection for about 30 or 40 days. I had a seven-day-old daughter at the time. I remember going and shopping for it because, you know, when you have a newborn, you think you have enough diapers. You don't. So I, I was going to the grocery store to get diapers with the armed guard. It was crazy. It was really, truly crazy. Wow. This is a profound. Wow. Mind you, this isn't just an average guy that hired a bunch of people. This is a Harvard professor. Guys, this guy is freaking brilliant. Hired all these people. But you know, you know what that says to me? That... Because think about it, he told other colleagues, and for them to say, don't put that out, that is 100% they don't want to destroy the narrative of keeping us dividing and and conquering uh, conquering us. Because think about it, you know what that means? All that BLM, all that defund the police, all that BS, it was pointless. Because come to find out, cops that are messed up shoot everybody. It's like almost equally everybody's getting the same thing. Yes, I guess, because this was in Houston, right? Rob, there's in Houston, people are getting pushed up against cars and okay, but I mean, Houston, I mean, I don't know what the, the African-American compared to Hispanic to white population is. I've been to Houston. It's pretty, it's pretty freaking wild in Houston, but I, I love, I love what he did. I'm very pissed off. I'm, I know he's not going to say the names of the people that are saying, don't put the, why would you put the report out? Why? Like we're, we're supposed to stay like this. We're supposed to stay where these guys are evil. The cops are wrong and, and, and we're the victims. I think I'm, I'm proud of him, but I wish, I wish we find out who these people were to hold them accountable for their name. And by the way, just so everybody knows this guy, uh, uh, he, he is a fellow at American Academy in Arts and Science and recipient of the Calvo Armengol Prize and a Presidential Early Career Award for Scientists and Engineers at age 30. Check this out. He became the youngest African-American to receive tenure at Harvard. What? At age 30, 30. he received uh, tenure. Tom. So there, there's two things here. I'm not surprised by this. I'm just surprised that it's taken this long to get out because the narrative is allergic to facts and they will find in their allergic reaction, there's no Claritin for truth. And that's what they have to live with. And that's what this is. And they're trying, you have to remember, take a look at the signs outside the Supreme court right now. The signs outside the Supreme court are saying, you know, remove Trump from ballot. Like they're lobbying the court. But the court is looking for truth and the assessment of the laws, and he's going to be on the Colorado ballot because there's no basis. But the narrative wants political will to determine outcome. And if they want facts that back up that will, and they don't get it. So I'll go back to my point so you can write it down again. The narrative is allergic to facts, and when they start having breaking out in hives, they find that there's no claritin for truth, and they hate it. And that's what they tried to do to this guy, the youngest tenured fellow in Harvard history. African-American, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> this is the definition of facts don't care about your feelings. You, you know, talked about facts. They asked him multiple times, don't do this, man. This is going to ruin everything we're working on. This is going to ruin our entire narrative. This is going to ruin our entire story. Please don't tell the truth. Wow. And what did he do? He told the truth. I'm going to double fact check this. (laughs) I'm going to hire another research team. I'm going to go double out of my way to prove my point that this is the actual reality of this. Now, here's where I'm going to catch some heat from the comment section, especially from... The Hamas Brigade. I said about a month ago that BLM is the equivalent of Gaza. What does that mean? 
What does that mean? Because every weekend, nobody wants to talk about it. Black-on-black crime in Baltimore, in D.C., in Philadelphia, in all these big blue cities, um, Chicago especially, people are murdered every day of the year. No one bats an eye. Children. It's kids, too. It's kids. It's people. It's women. It's children. Nobody says anything. No big deal. Let one stupid white cop kill a black guy. All hell breaks loose. People lose their minds. It's part of their narrative. Right here. Chicago homicides in 2024. 49 people slain. Here's how that compares with previous years. Okay, and we can, and we it's January. And it's Jan- Bullet, we're in February. You can find a million different articles like this. Yeah. But black people, you know, love you. That's what you need to be talking about. That's what you need to be talking about. It's so easy to be like, but this one cop right here, the George Floyd situation. Now, where am I going with this? You know, I sent you an article, by the way. The biggest victims of terrorism and death and warmongering are Muslims being killed by other Muslims. Here we go. Read the top of the article, Rob. BJ's. (laughs) Muslims absolutely the group most victimized by global terrorism. Uh, Monday's terrorist attack targeting Muslims in London is just one, any one of them. Now, when I say terrorism, you tell me what comes to mind. But that's not the narrative. We don't want to talk about Bashar al-Assad killing a million of people in Syria. We don't want to talk about the war in Yemen that's been going on for 10 years with the Houthi rebels. A decade. All of a sudden, Houthi, it's, it's, a, it's a new term because they're uh, jacking ships in the Red Sea out there. But we've been talking about this for 10 years, low-key. You don't want to talk about Boko Haram. You don't want to talk about these terrorist organizations. But God forbid October 7th shows up and Israel tries to defeat Hamas. It's Israel. It's Israel is the cop and BLM is Hamas. I'll let you do the math from there. Pat, what do you think? I think the great thing about data is data never lies. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can hate people as much as you want. You can't hate numbers. Numbers uh, are not going to sit there and be like, well, you know, uh, uh, we think you're an idiot. Numbers don't do that. Numbers just tell you, mm-hmm. here's what's going on. Uh, officers were 23.8% less likely to shoot at blacks, 8.5% less likely to shoot at Hispanics than they were to shoot at whites. So let me give you a visual. Cop looks, he's white. I'm not going to get arrested. Bam. Cop looks, he's black. Shit, I'm not going to shoot. Get down, dude. Just don't make me do this to you. Get down. Yep. That's what that means. One in four that's times, he doesn't. Yeah, that's the visual. Because he's like, I'm not going to lose my job for shooting a white guy, but I could lose my job for lose, uh, shooting a black guy and a Hispanic guy. Mm-hmm. That's what that data gives the visual to a cop who is sitting there thinking about, I got two kids at the house, a wife and a mortgage payment. Dude, you're not going to do this, okay? Because you could lose the money that you got, and you got an argument with your wife, et cetera, et cetera. Numbers don't lie. And good for him for doing this uh, and good for Barry Weiss for conducting the interview two years after he came out with this report where he can't go anywhere. He's got a seven-day-old baby trying to go buy diapers, and he has to go with a cop because he's worried something could happen to him. The youngest African-American tenure professor at Harvard. Yeah. What else can you do outside of that? In history. In your opinion, he talked about how he couldn't leave his house. Who do you think is going after Obviously, him? Obviously, that's what I'm saying. Who do you saying. think it is? How ironic is it that a, that a black professor had to get a cop 
probably a white cop, to protect mm -hmm. him from other African-Americans that want to kill him. Because it might not even be African-Americans. You want to see hypocrisy at its finest. It might be the whitest of whitest liberals Maybe, saying, well, you're racist. Yeah. How dare you? That's what it is. I'm not even worried about the black people. No, no, that's black what people, it no, is. It's the white people, but, but yeah, the yeah. victim. Look, you know what? You know what, you're like, just, oh, you're you know what idea I'm, you just gave me, Rob? Can you do me a favor, Rob? Pull up yeah, the I clip. Agree. Pull up the clip by Bill Maher. I texted you this morning. Watch this clip here. This kind of validates what you're talking about. So watch yeah. this. Here's Bill Maher. This is a week ago. Go ahead and play this, Rob. Now enjoy this fun photo collage of some of your favorite stars and <laughs> politicians who speak about the need to reduce our carbon footprint, but who are always on private planes. That's right, all of them. Bernie Sanders. All if of you them. don't see a celebrity's picture here, Watch it's this. because we weren't allowed to use it. <laughs> or their series got canceled. <laughs> But all the environmentalists of Hollywood and Washington do it. Their position on climate change is, we must do more to stop pouring carbon into the air, except for me when I want to go somewhere and then I take a private jet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so that kind of is going back to the liberal white woman. It's like, how dare you write or You don't know how blacks being being treated. Yeah, no, 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 no. Okay, but data is a beautiful Please thing. Please tell Kai. me you saw that story. at Rob, if you can pull this up, I'll give you major points. It was a white guy, the most liberal white guy in the world, on a job interview on a Zoom. Okay. Did you see this? No, please, go And ahead. he was being interviewed, interviewed by a Latin guy, uh, a black lady. They're all on a Zoom interviewing this person. And he says, you have to find this, Rob. He says, um, what do you guys do as a company for um, Black History Month? And they're like, uh, well, you know, it's Black History Month. It's, it's our, yeah, I don't know if it's, it's happy goes, Black History Month. Who's, he starts grilling the guy. Who's your uh, favorite black inventor? Who's your favorite black uh, scientist? The guy's like, what are you, what are you doing right now? Okay. Uh, you're on a job interview and you're grilling me. He's like, I, I won't work for a company that doesn't, you can't even name a black scientist. To a Latin guy and a black lady, <laughs> and the black ladies just kept giving like, like oh my god. god, Rob, I don't know if you can find this guy. It's like if you, so you can put up like interviewee was doing the this? interviewee, and then <laughs> oh, and then god. the guy goes, uh, guy, I don't know if you know how job interviews work, <laughs> but you're not grilling us. Yeah, uh, like, holy this shit, this isn't helping you get the job. It's either on TikTok or Instagram. That is, that's hilarious. So, does he get the is, job? But it was a white guy basically oh, trying God. to use his white guilt and white shame to indoctrinate I, this company to his beliefs of what they think they should do for black history. Mostly. I'm sure, Tom, you want to add something to this, but I tell you one thing, Rob. For no, Rob. me, I prefer this <laughs> job interview oh, video. God. This is the one I prefer that I think is way more educational. And uh, this thing's got 27 million views. And this is how you should do job interviews. If we can find this, Rob, and pull this up, I think it's always good. They, they say it's healthy for us to laugh a little bit. Sure. Right? They so say, this, is a, this is a – Rob, if you can pull this up, just you got to show this. You guys have to – this is how – if I was 14 years old today and YouTube is like I'm, – I'm, we're growing up when we're 14 years yeah. old. I would, I would do something like this. You have to see this job interview. This guy's got to get some kind of credit for keeping a straight face. <laughs> and uh, go ahead, Rob. Again, and the, and like this I is said, real. This is – watch this. Okay. To work overtime? I don't usually mind overtime. It's like. Um, I don't recommend you drive while we do this. Oh no, I'm not. I'm 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 parked up now. Thanks, you know, Chef. Okay. My name is Diane Coffee, and I'm from Tacoma today. <laughs> 
May I have a fish sandwich, please? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> what? What? Okay. Are you available to work weekends? Oh, uh, yes. Fish sandwich? Uh, fish sandwich, please. <laughs> Saturday and Sunday? Anything else? Uh, just one fish sandwich. That'll be all. 480, please turn around. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Look at her face. Saturday and is perfect. Killing it. Watch. You know, I can see you. I know you're ordering food, but on this interview. No, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I just, I'm parked up. I'm, I'm in my car right now. I can see that you're ordering a fish sandwich no, no, I'm not ordering anything. If I was, I'd be at Popeyes, cause. But I'm, I heard you ask. <laughs> he's he's actually falling. He looks for. like Belky Ball Taco. I'll do the interview. Yeah, if, I wasn't Bell ordering food. If I was, I already ordered it, but I, I didn't. I. He's hilarious. Okay. 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 Do you have any questions for me? Yeah. Um, I'm uh, yes. Uh, do you have any ketchup? I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> you can stop it. I mean, it's, well, this is the best way. So, <laughs> no, no. no. By Never. the way, he's got a bunch of these that he does. He literally, his entire spoof is go, going to a job interviews and over messing Zoom. with you. <laughs> that is Mark so brilliant. Any questions? Yeah, ketchup? Yeah. Anyways, so, okay. The, go um, top. The, the, the parting shot here oh my is Bill Maher is correct. And the father of all this hypocrisy was a guy that wrote a book called, you know, An Infected Tooth. No, no, no. It was An Inconvenient Truth. And it was Al Gore, who at the time was flying at taxpayer expense on a 707, the, the single most polluting private jet you could buy. By the way, statistically, it was, Pat. It was the single most polluting. It was an old 707 that he flew on. That was there. And then you find people like Lewis Hamilton. And, Rob, you could find Lewis Hamilton sells private jet. And Lewis said, I'm going to be serious about my carbon footprint. I'm selling my private jet. And, yep, you know, I will fly in, you know, he's, he's flying in um, elite class on Emirates Air and things like that. But he's like, that's a smaller carbon footprint. There it is. There's the red one. He had spent like three years decking this out. Look at that jet. That's a nice jet, Pat. He had spent all this time is decking. Is he selling it? Oh. No, he sold it. It's gone. Who bought it? <clears throat> I don't know who bought it, but Lewis Hamilton sold it. Like, no, no. The point is, Lewis Hamilton said, look, my carbon footprint will be less on commercial. Yes, I'm going to fly elite class on Emirates and things like that, but my carbon footprint is lower, and that's how I'm going to do it. And so that is an example of a celebrity that actually did what they said versus the guy that wrote the book who was flying in the most polluting meanwhile this is what happened when bill maher and i talked about climate change which was fantastic oh this is my favorite concerned about global warming or no that's some music music is that music gonna do anything okay refresh it refresh sleep over every night because i heard music i'm like that's not not be good go for it ron warming or is um is that a hoax in your world i don't know sleep over it every night you what i lose sleep over it every night the warming I, don't know, up I, don't the whether, I don't know whether you're being facetious. Oh my god, I, I, I shiver every night when I go to sleep. <laughs> Are you global warming? I assume you're being sarcastic. I would be very serious. Why would I be sarcastic? I mean, global warming is the number one issue in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Do you agree with that? I do. Tell me why. <laughs> See, I think you do. <laughs> Trolling as well. What a moment. for Delhi. Delhi edited that one. Delhi did this? Delhi, boy. Nice, Delhi. You're right. You're right, David. Um, You know what? It's a big hoax because Al Gore has a big house and sometimes he leaves lights on in it. Okay, okay. 
Bill um, Maher's such a dork. No, they did, uh, someone did a compendium of all the climate studies. So, um... Oh, shit. What was your question? He's so hot. <laughs> He's, He's so hot. Yeah, He's so hot. Yes. Very good. He can stop it. He anyway, so that was interesting. Let's go to the next story. I know this is a story that Adam's been excited about talking to you guys. Putin's network rivals Elon Musk, but co- uh, cobweb of bank accounts, assets, hides his full value, experts say. And guess who wrote the story? Fox Business. Oh, okay. really? <laughs> All right. So let's go through it. Here we go. Experts suggest Putin's network rivals top businessman uh, Elon Musk hidden behind a cobweb of secrets and offshore deals with estimated ranging between $70 billion to $200 billion, according to Rebecca Koffler. Putin's rise to wealth involved gaining support from oligarchs through uh, uh, coercive tactics, uh, uh, accruing significant earnings and assets, including luxurious items like mega yachts and Black Sea palaces, while official disclosures cite modest income and living standards time reported, the Kremlin's protection known as Krisha shields businessmen who comply with kickbacks, contributing to a complex scheme of wealth redistribution and uh, ups, uh, what is that word? Obfuscation. Uh, uh, Obfuscation. Ex- Blocking. Ex- exemplified by close ally Yuri Kovalchuk's role in managing Putin's expensive forest compound in Karelia, according to East to West. Adam. Well, so the title of the article is Putin's Net Worth Rivals Elon Musk. Let me show you what a builder and creator is versus an absolute thief. So Elon Musk has built company after company. He's right now between tied between first and second uh, richest man in the world, him and uh, our friend from LVMH, uh, Bernard Arnault, uh, LVMH, Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy. But the reason that Elon Musk's wealth is so great is because he has equity in massive companies, namely Tesla, which is part of the Magnificent Seven. We just talked about that, as well as building all the other companies that we talked about, Neuralink, SpaceX, um, the Tesla. Boring Company, obviously Tesla, uh, uh, Twitter, we'll see what happens with that. Thanks. But you're looking at, so this is the definition of communism. This is someone who has built nothing. You know, the running joke about Russia is that it's a gas station with nuclear weapons or a gas station that's parading around as a country. So we talk about autocrats and oligarchies, um, but what Putin is, is a kleptomaniac. Uh, a kleptocracy. A kleptocracy. Uh, so what's the definition of a klepto? It's the inability to resist the urge to steal. Uh, kleptocracy is also called as a thievocracy. They steal money from their country uh, and they they line their own pockets. Uh, they steal money. They steal land, Putin specifically. Um, they steal wealth from their people and they'll steal your life if you say anything otherwise. And that's who Putin is. And, um, yeah, there it is right there. Kleptocracy, the Greek word of thief, is also referred to as thievocracy, is a government whose corrupt leaders, kleptocrats, use political power to expropriate the wealth of the people and the land they govern, typically by, you know, force is probably what it says there. Like Nancy Pelosi, basically. So they're taking money from the... Okay, got you. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Um, This is what communist dictators do. They build nothing. They just... um, distribution of wealth and they steal it all and they line their own pockets you know i got stopped there's a story for you when i was in um college i was broke as shit 
and I went to Publix, which is a grocery store down here in Florida, and I walked, forgot to pay for a Publix sub, a $7 sub, and the cop stopped me, and he said, uh, you're going you're gonna to pay for that, buddy? And I was like, oh, my bad. I totally forgot. My bad. But the reality is, is I tried to steal a stupid subway public sub and I got caught and I got slapped on the wrist. The problem is if you don't ever get caught, nobody holds you to account and you don't get um, hold accountable for your actions. You keep stealing. There was a famous football player, uh, Ty, uh, what, Mathau, what was his name? Uh Tyrone, he was a Heisman. The the Hawaiian guy? Yeah. He he was called the Honey Badger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was called the Honey Badger. Mateo. Um, Pull up the Honey Badger. I think it's Mateo. Uh, Tyron Matthew. Yeah, he was drafted in Arizona. Mateo. I'm in a school. His girlfriend died. Tyron Matthew. Matthew, my bad. No, no, no. This is not him. You're not. This is not him. No, that's him. That's him. His girlfriend what? This he got no. trolled? You're bringing a different story to this. Yeah. What I'm okay. talking about is this. But okay, they called him the honey badger. Yes. And what they would say is the honey badger is one of the more fiercest animals yes, this yeah. guy's in the honey. world. Exactly. That's yeah. him. He played for LSU. Yeah. Heisman. He don't candidate. give a shit. Honey badger doesn't and, give a and shit. And they said the honey badger takes what he wants. Yeah. And that's why he's such a badass animal out there in the wild. The honey badger takes what he wants. The thing with Putin. Except when he plays against Brady. But go ahead. That's true. <laughs> Brady will beat him. Honey Badger doesn't give a There's a story. There's Brady went to him, ran yeah. after him, and uh, talking trash in his ears. You've never seen that Brady's call. America. Yeah, keep going. The Honey Badger is Putin. The problem with Putin is that he takes what he wants. He jails dissidents. He'll kill you if you say anything otherwise. And he's lined his pockets to the tune of $200 billion, and that's a low amount. Elon Musk has built companies, has become one of the biggest, greatest minds of the world. Putin is an absolute thug. So is it shocking to hear that he's richer or as rich as Elon Musk? This is right there. Um, No, because he takes what he wants. So unless you get stopped like me leaving Publix with a sub, unless you hold someone to account, they'll just keep taking what they want. And I, I said this last time, congratulations, Russia, two years in a row, number one most corrupt country in the world. You're killing it. Your, your, your leader, Vladimir Putin, worth $200 billion. My boy, that's my boy. That's your guy. That's I my know guy. it. It's um, my guy. Unless we hold him to account, he'll keep stealing and he'll keep thieving in this kleptomaniac autocracy that's called Russia. Keep in mind one thing. The president of Russia, pull this up, Rob. Pull up salary. The president of Russia makes about $135,000 a year. In America, it's 400000 You know, right, it was right there. $120,000 per annum, not in rubles. How is someone that makes that amount of money worth so, $200 billion? So I love that you're bringing this up. So this leads me to one thing. If this is what you really believe about that people who do this, then in 2024, on November 5th, you're only voting for one person. Because that one person is not using the government's money to run. That one person used his own money to run. RFK you're talking about? Not RFK. Oh. That, that guy's using... Nikki? You know, no. It's only oh, one Trump. guy. You know who okay. he is. Yeah. So, meanwhile, if you want to find that net worth before and after, Rob, if you want to pull up, you know, Obama's, um, I don't know, Clinton's and Biden's net worth before or and Bernie after. Bernie or Pelosi. If you can do this, this would be a great exercise for Adam because I like where Adam's going if with it. If any of them you know, are if, billionaires, if, I'd be shocked. Well, if but you can, 200 billion, richest man in the yeah, world. Yeah, that's the one right level. there. So zoom in, zoom in on one right there. So that's pretty interesting. So 
Uh, Trump's net worth before running four and a half billion. Now it's two billion. Obama's three million. Now forty million. Clinton's five hundred thousand. Now one hundred million. And then you got Biden's is on that list as well. So you know you're kind of interesting the angle and direction you're taking. I didn't think you were going to be this bold this morning with this story, well, specifically the fact that it impacts America. And the difference between us and them is you're right in a communistic nation. You can steal more and get away with it because there is less regulation. In a country like ours that there's more regulation, you have to be more deceptive and conniving and more slick to be able to steal money. And you got to give respect. If you're, if you're saying your, your value and the fact that you don't like people going into politics and then all of a sudden becoming rich and having houses in Hawaii and, you know, paddleboarding, you take a day off, you don't take a day off and you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a very, very good political point you just made right there, Mr. You, Adam. You bring up a great point. Yeah. And I, 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 as someone that minored and uh, double majored in sarcasm, I see what you're doing. I respect you. Uh, there is a big difference between, and not that I'm advocating, there's a big difference between 40 million, 100 million, and $200 billion. It, there, so when there's you, a difference because here's the real difference, homeboy. The difference is, that's a guesstimated. The difference here is this is audited. <laughs> yeah. So do you, you can do you question this guesstimation? I, 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 I of From course, Fox I question, business? question of course, I question the guesstimation. Will I say he's worth a couple billion dollars? Yes. Would I say he has used the power that he has to take money away? X, Y, Z. Yes. But you know what else that does? Mm-hmm. If you're going to go there, no problem. What I say, no one's increased their net worth more because this person's learned his habits from uh, Putin. You know who's probably gotten the richest if that guesstimation applies to people that steal money from their government and nobody catches them? There's this guy down the street from Russia. Okay, they're like a block away from each other. What's Zelensky? this guy's name? Zelensky. Oh, the guy with the green so shirt. So you know what? The Zelensky guy yeah. has probably increased his net worth the most the last two years, Adam. If that's correct, and I think probably maybe Putin behind closed doors angry because Zelensky is getting richer than him because there is no way in the history of mankind we've had a better beggar, a better fundraiser, a better guy that goes around and raising money and pleading and crying and all this stuff. And then somehow, some way, he's getting richer well, and doing commercials with clothes that cost three, four, five, ten thousand dollars with him something? and his beautiful wife. This yes. might get uncomfortable. Here we go. If you were the president of Ukraine, yeah, your name was PBD Zelensky. Okay, and you were invaded by this thug called Vladimir Putin. What would you do? What do you mean? Would you not go beg, plead, borrow money? Would you not appeal to NATO and your European allies? Would you not? Try to go and basically market yourself to the I, world I, as help me out you, here. I've been just, invaded. You just, you just, what would you do? You just change the story. I don't know. That's, I'm asking yeah, you a question. No, no, no. You're changing the story. Okay. What I'm saying to you is one could make the argument for Zelensky also being one of the richest people in the world who's stealing money. And that's speculation. What Fox is also doing is they're speculating. By the way, a speculation that the world probably believes in. No one's questioning that. But the difference is Mm -hmm. we don't have law and order in Russia the way we have law and order in America, which is why we like law and order. But for you to believe that if the law and order and the ability and the control was available to the Clintons and Obamas and others to create that kind of wealth, they're probably going to sleep at night envious that they can't steal that kind of money and use their politics to make a lot of money. With all due respect, my CEO, my friend Patrick David, 
this has nothing to do with the Clintons and Obamas. And we can talk about but that. It does, you sort of ch- no, no, it does. And does. I it's believe they just, should be held to account. But they're not going they're to. But never going to. They're not going to. Okay. Okay, can we? So everyone wants to. Tom wants to be all pissy pants over here because I'm talking about Vladimir Putin. Tom's been quiet for a while. Good. That's why we're doing well today. Now the oh, Tom, relax. We're joking here, here, guys. You know what, dude? Sometimes you're you're like France. You're like France. You're a member of NATO, but you're a pain in the ass to everybody else. (laughs) Good one, Tom. No one understood that one. (laughs) Yes, but here's my question. Can everyone be wrong? But can Putin be way more wrong? So here's a, here's a question before country, you answer that. Whatever listen, it, this guy's a former KGB member. I don't know how many times I have to tell you, he's a gangster. Yeah. You know what gangsters do? They do gangster shit. They do gangster <laughs> stuff. Rico, but then the Rico laws don't apply to politicians. Do you not understand that? Do you not understand that the way to go into you start off and you say I want to make a lot of money. If you start off and you say, I want to make a lot of money or you want to have a lot of power. If you want to make a lot of money, you go into business, you have to bust your ass, build equity, work your ass up for a couple of decades, and then you're going to have some money, right? But if you go in politics, how do you make money in politics? How do you actually make money in politics? Crony capitalism, lobbyists, it's shady business. I agree. Which means the part that I'm agreeing with you Mm -hmm. is anybody who has been a lifelong member of politics, 20 years 30 years, 40 years, and they get rich, they're stealing from you, period. Anybody that all of a sudden creates that kind of wealth, that's what they're doing. By the way, do you know who invested in NVIDIA right before? Can you type in NVIDIA and type in Pelosi? You ever heard of these people called Pelosi and NVIDIA? Nancy? If you type in NVIDIA and you type in Pelosi... Okay. Oh, there she is. Deceptive tactics. This is a month ago. Nancy Pelosi disclosed a seven-figure bet on NVIDIA over the Christmas holiday despite recent efforts to permanently ban lawmakers from trading stocks. What a great timing, Nancy oh. Pelosi. Guys, the point is yes. he's doing it at much higher levels than others. You know why, though? One reason. One reason. Law and order, because he can't. And guess who else doesn't have law and order? Ukraine, because he can Guess who else doesn't have law and order? China, because they can. Guess who else doesn't have law and order? Iran. You know what Khamenei's are worth? Type yeah. in Khamenei network. Khamenei is a very traditional American last name, yeah, Rob, you so you this, should bro. know how to spell it. Khamenei starts with K-H. Khamenei Spell the mic, Pat. Khamenei net worth, family net worth, okay? If you type in Who's that fisherman? Rob, I can't believe you can't spell Khamenei. Right there. Go right there. No, no, no. Second one, Rob. Just go to the second one. U.S. claims Khamenei controls wealth over what? $200 billion. They're richer than Putin. What's the point here? These stories, this is five years ago. If these guys were worth $200 billion five years ago, they're probably worth $600 billion today, $400 billion today. These are not new stories. Politicians in countries that lack law and order become richer than politicians in countries that there's law and order. But regardless, the people that create money through getting into politics that there's law and order, if they were in these types of countries, they would have also taken $200 billion. The profile of somebody that can make $50 million of politics in one country doesn't make them less innocent than somebody else that makes $200 billion because they have better laws to, cor- to corrupt the nation. That applies all across. That's all I'm saying to you. I'm not saying this. this is a... You know, uh, 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 I'm defending a guy or not defending a guy. I've always said, when I asked Sammy DeBull Gravano and, and, and uh, what's his name? Sammy DeBull and Michael Francis, when I rented yeah. that house and we did the, the, the three-day, 24-hour interview with those guys. You know what question I asked them? I gave them names. 
Tell me which one of these guys would have made the best mafia boss. I mentioned a lot of different names. You know what's one of the names I mentioned? Hillary Clinton. Because she walks around like a boss. Putin's a boss. These certain people are bosses, okay? You got them on all sides. And, and she's only envious that the regulation here doesn't allow her to make this kind of money because she would definitely take advantage. I got four more stories I want to do in 40 minutes, and then I want to wrap up. Okay, so here we go. Number one, Tom, this one's coming to you, and I just want to get Tom's reaction, and then we'll go to the last three. We'll get everyone's reaction. Tom, gig workers, pay-on-delivery apps like Uber Eats and DoorDash fell 15%. Meanwhile, DoorDash says data shows Seattle pay rules have caused unprecedented drop in business. What is going on with DoorDash and these people that are delivering food, Uber Eats, what's causing them to make less money? Well, guess what? Consumers, DoorDash, what is DoorDash? You pay the price that you would get at the restaurant, and then there is a delivery charge on top of it and a service fee. So when you order something on DoorDash, it is, a you know, it, it could be, I think we've all done that. It's like two burgers. It would be like 20 bucks or something um, all in with a tip and everything at a restaurant. Suddenly you see it's like 30 bucks when DoorDash delivers it. So what has happened is when municipalities regulate and say, oh, 1099 workers, no, 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 no. They need to be employees and they need to make this much an hour. And oh, no, 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 no. This has to be in here. You're interfering with with businesses right to freely conduct themselves. Instead, you're putting regulations on the business. And guess what happened, Pat? Hmm. The food was even more expensive. So you know what people did? What's that? Maybe I won't order from DoorDash. It just seems like it's more expensive than it should be. Maybe we'll just go order it in advance on the app, and then we'll go pick it up right there at the restaurant. That is what's happening. Usage of DoorDash in cities where the cities have tried to regulate workers and other things have caused stuff ordered from DoorDash to be more expensive. And so the consumer is voting for their wallet and saying, you know what? That's more expensive. And then the headline doesn't come out. Our regulations made food more expensive and people didn't order it. The regulations comes out as drivers are earning less. Why are they earning less? Because the government interfered with it. And guess what? It hurt the business and they were unable to make as much. I mean, that, that's the direct correlation, right? So when this lady in California says she wants to raise minimum wage to $50. <laughs> Exhibit A. Do you know what that would do to the businesses and surrounding areas and who that would impact the most? It would be absolutely insane. Okay, so next story I want to get to is the story uh, about uh, voting. Check this out, folks. You'll soon need a driver's license or passport. Vinny, I'm coming to you with this one. Yeah. You'll soon need a driver's license or passport to get a blue check mark on Tinder. This is this is this is blasphemy. You you want me to get a ID or passport to get a check mark on Tinder? I mean, I understand if you do that with voting, but why would you do that with Tinder? What's more important, right? So here we go. Tinder announced it's expanding its verification requirements to make sure make users share a video, selfie, and photo ID to get a specific verification uh, verification badge. Given each market is different and in, is nuanced, and we are expanding country by country, and we'll continue to learn and enhance the feature as we roll it out to more users. Walling said that Tinder is working with a third-party vendor to verify users' date of birth and double-check their submitted selfies and IDs. It'll help give users additional peace of mind when con- connecting with others who are both photo and ID verified. In addition to photo and ID verification tools, Tinder has also invested in detection tools that remove spam immediately as signups or before the account is seen by other users. Vinny, thoughts on this story? I, 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 and again, from from the lady, the, the Kelly Wong 
from San Francisco, who's not a citizen, that's overlooking the voting. Tinder has more integrity than our United States <laughs> voting. <laughs> Dude, think about that. Okay, think, think, it's a similarity with Tinder and the voting in the U.S. And this is the similarity, Tom. Tinder makes you provide a photo ID in the hopes of you getting laid. Okay, but when it comes to our voting, you don't need ID, and the result is you get screwed by the people in power. So you're getting effed in one, and you're getting effed in the other. It's unbelievable that an app that's basically there, Tinder's for hooking up. I don't know. You're saying C-SPAN is a porn channel. Exactly what I'm trying to make. But it, like, like think about think about the fact that this these this app that's just literally trying to get you laid wants to make sure your identity is is verified because they make you send the photo, Tom. And I guess the users. Pat, I don't know if you did you see this. It launched in 2012. Tinder has been downloaded over 530 million times. Okay, more than half of the users are 18 to 25 years old. Why can't why can't we adopt that for voting? You know why, Tom? Because when it comes to voting, it's racist. Did you know that? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Tom, Tom, how do you process this? Yeah, it's how do you process weird. Tinder versus um, 30 seconds. How do you process this? Um, That's six say, seconds. Say what, <laughs> okay, say what you will about Tinder. Whether you don't have to like or not like Tinder as a business, they're trying to do things to protect their customers and to stay in business. You may not like what they're doing in business, but they're trying to stay in business and protect their customers, period. Yep. Adam, thoughts on this one? Look, you know, this whole conversation about ID... Um, well, by the way, uh, not that I know this, but Grinder, no, uh, no really? ID no, needed. Really? A friend told me that. <laughs> a friend told me that. Out of the closet. Yeah. Finally, yeah. the truth. Yeah. Uh, well, when I was briefly married at, uh, to a woman, by the way. Really? Uh, with a girl. Hell. Remember that movie? You Name, had to give an ID to, to get um, um, married. You have to. Here's a list of the things that need an ID. Speaking of racism, well, we all know that you need it to buy alcohol, buy cigarettes, uh, to open up a bank account. You need an ID to buy a house, to rent a house, anything with that. But here's where it gets a little race baity. Um, unemployment. You need ID to collect unemployment, to apply for unemployment. Damn it. You need it for Medicaid or Medicare. You need this in America. You need it for food stamps. Yep. ID. Uh, you need it for welfare. So if the poorest of the poor, uh, welfare, unemployed, great point, Medicaid, welfare, the welfare state in America, if you need an ID for that, don't tell me that it's racist to ask for an ID to vote. Except for if you're in San Francisco, you can be a non-citizen and shit. you can run the whole county. Close your there. eyes and just put so, anybody. There you go. Okay. Now, next one here is a, is a little weird story, but I think we need to cover it. So, team forfeits after girls basketball player allegedly hurt and play with male who identifies as female. Rob, if you can please find this video. I mean, it's just a... Every story gets crazier yeah. and crazier. This is a real story. <laughs> I know. I mean, we're not talking about a ghetto oh, story God. here. So, here we go. A girls high school basketball team... Uh, team forfeited a game after three players were injured, allegedly due to play involving a six-foot male player who identifies as female, prompting concerns about fairness and safety. According to coach Kevin Ortens, the decision to end the game was made as his team's roster was depleted just days before play playoff match. The player in question reportedly with facial hair faced <laughs> severe backlash, including death threats, resulting in the cancellation of a subsequent game against Lintec. Rob, if you can pull up this clip, watch this here, folks. Watch this here. Go ahead. Jesus, that guy dude, right look at that dude. What a lazy asshole. Sorry. 
Look at it, like, it's a dude! And he's trying to be like, hey, let me help yeah. you up. Bro, like, uh, uh, dude, if I was her That's father... That's dude playing I, the dude. dude. By the way, if I was her That's father, guy right I would whoop that dude's ass. If that was my freaking daughter, and a guy, that's, that's assault. That's the guy who's, uh, they the blur his the face. Pony, the guy with the ponytail. the last five seconds of again? It's a, it's a white boy. how tall he is. What do you mean? He has facial else. hair. It's a guy. It just it just further proves. As long as you have a man bun, you can identify Adam, as anything. Yeah, Adam, but look, at, look, guys, look how tall he is. Like, what would you say, Adam? Look at the girls. The girls are probably, what, 5'5", five, 5'4"? Five, five, look how tall. Dude, he's look, a head and shoulder above these guys. Like, what the hell are we even talking about, bro? It's a man playing with women. That huh. goes up to the leadership. Like, what are you guys nuts? Tom, if that was your daughter, what are you doing? I'm being dead serious. Well, if you walked on and you saw that happen. By the way, parents were sitting on the sideline on this one, um, fearful. They were in the principal's office. They were with the athletic director later, and they were in full flip-out mode, which is exactly where I would have been. You know, I wouldn't have been. You know where I wouldn't have been? I, would. I wouldn't have been after the player on the court. I would have gone to the athletic director of that school, and I would have been in his grill. Saying, "What the flip are you doing here? You're 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 kowtowing to this 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 trans thing that that this kid can identify as a woman, and you're putting other other students at risk." I'd be going after the athletic director of the other school that was letting it happen. And and look at this. Even the other athletic director was a little nervous about it. Hey, we don't want to make a comment. We're just we're just going to forfeit and move on because they don't want it. But guess what? It's heating up, and the, all you need is videos like this. Videos of the uh, six nine months ago. The volleyball spike that knocked the girl out. All you need is this to see that there is there is a truth here, and the truth here is that we're living in bizarro world. It's a complete farce, and fortunately, fortunately, slowly oh. but surely, mm-hmm. people are coming to their senses. It just can't happen. Soon. Tom, you're a bigger man than me because if that was my daughter, yeah. I would have ran on that court and kicked that girl right in her nuts. That's what I would have done. Tom. Kick that girl right Reiner off. nuts well, with her ponytail. It, Are you nuts? Yeah, here, I mean, we could show videos after videos. I've said no. this before and I said it again. <laughs> it's all fun and games until it's a one-on-one combat sport. It's you combat. saw like boxing made some adjustments of like what the rules are for a, a biological man who transitions to be able to fight in USA boxing these days. There's some qualifications there. But it's, it's going to get really ugly when you're talking UFC, boxing, Wrestling. Here's the state right there. The policy states that minors under the age of 18 must compete as their birth, gender, and weight classes. This is what, Rob? It's from uh, January of uh, Okay, but this, this is year. not USA. Oh, USA yeah. Boxing Updates Rule Book. Okay, that's, that's what it is. So there's rules in place like this. But, you know, speaking of basketball here. As of January of 24, Adam, to give that credit, yeah. that rule was revised January 24 to the credit of USA Boxing, who said, wait a minute, we got to get it right. Yeah, yeah. and, you know, look, uh, this has arguably been one of the, the biggest weeks in female basketball history. Not that I'm, I'm a huge NBA fan and... You know, we subsidize the WNBA, speaking on behalf of NBA fans right now. Uh, but the WNBA has had a great week. Caitlin Clark, who plays for Iowa, just became the leading scorer of all time. Female scorer, Iowa. Pull her up. She's incredible. I mean, this girl is the next female Steph Curry. Speaking of female Steph Curry, uh, during the All-Star game past week, Steph Curry competed against the greatest shooter in the WNBA, uh, Sabrina Anescu, who almost beat Steph Curry. She's incredible. 
But meanwhile, the women play with the women, the men play with the men. Meanwhile, you got Jerk Nowitzki out here with a ponytail and a beard <laughs> pretending <laughs> to be a fucking woman. <laughs> like the fathers, the doing? mothers, the people have to step up and say, This enough's enough. He got death threats later. But, Rob, check your slack. But, but, but Pat, did you have you guys seen did you guys see Brittany Griner who listened to me? I'm convinced. Might be a dude walked on a basketball court. Listen to the voice of this is Brittany Griner. Did you see it, Pat? Look, Tom, look, put the volume up, please. And yeah, she's been working. Listen, out. To, listen to listen to her voice, please. Adam, that's not her voice. That's her. Go back, go back. This is Brittany Griner. Boy, we would have blew the roof off this thing. Oh but, my uh, God, that's a championship I mean, up there at Denver. That's what's standing out to me, 40 and 0 right now. That's a dude. That can't be her real That's voice. That's her real voice. Show me any other interview with her voice. I'm dead. I believe you. Adam, I remember when she was on the airplane in Russia when they when they gave they gave us her back? She was on the plane. They're like, so how do you feel about coming back to America? Brittany Garner goes, I'm just happy to go home and just be with my people. Yeah. It's like, who are you? I'm happy to see my wife. Yeah. <laughs> where's where's the Britney? Britney? Do you have any other interviews with her voice? Yeah, any interview. Let's hear. Okay. Is that Britney? That's not Britney. Oh, no. Adam, do, do, do her on the airplane. I believe you. Bro. It's I insane. Just, I, I it's insane. All right. Well, listen, we made it to three stories. Anyway, We're going to yeah. have to wrap it up, right. gang. Uh, today's what? Today's Tuesday. Today's Thursday. Thursday. Tomorrow I'm speaking at an event with 6,000 chiropractors. Wow. Well, tell them we need help. Oh, dude, first person I'm talking about is you. Oh, I'm going to be talking to 6,000 And also our other friend, uh, Zeb. Zeb, yeah, Zeb right. is also, Zeb, he's the man when it comes down to. Huh. Okay, so again, remember, merch, future looks bright, $100 more, two mm-hmm. tickets next Tuesday. We'll announce, uh, we'll announce the two VIP tickets, two uh, Candace Owens and Chris Cuomo that'll happen March mm-hmm. 8th. Gang, have a... Just quick shout out. Four o'clock today, Sauscast. We have the uh, Hollywood actor Jamie Kennedy coming on with her old friend Emily Austin. Fantastic. Really? Uh, so we're talking about why blue cities are crumbling at four o'clock on the Sauscast. There you go. Four o'clock, Sauscast. Gang, great weekend. We'll do it again next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.